Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickaloaf and Dr. Zong! Yay! Okay. in your ear holes ladies and germs this is silver and gold i am the loaf and with me dr zah yes we are uh recovering from our thanksgiving festivities our week of movie watching and canned chicken eating how are you sir i'm doing all right um there is nothing that i can complain about did you make it home for thanksgiving I know. I ate a can of fucking chicken, best value, uh, white meat chicken, and I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Did you have to work? Yes. Yeah. And um, you know, it just it's I I I can do it. I've done it in the past, but I have to come home and go right to sleep, and maybe get a couple hours, get in the car, drive an hour and a half, stay for probably four or five hours. Then drive back and then try and sleep like an hour or two before work. And I did not even fucking come close That's, to falling yeah. asleep till like probably 10.30. Woke up at 1.30 and I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I, I usually have to work, especially after when I, um, when I had the desk job. I had off every Thanksgiving and day after, but I'm um, working in retail now, I obviously don't. So... I haven't made it home, and I did last year for Thanksgiving, but for the most part, it's just kind of... I pretty much work every holiday. I don't give a fuck. Well, Jane and I just kind of... We made some food here. We had some people over. More Oh, people! Yay. We have friends sometimes. They're really all Jane's friends. I don't really have any. Um, And we had tofurkey. I'm sure your favorite. I never had tofurkey. It's it's, it's quite good. I I don't like poultry. I don't eat meat. And uh, but I do like tofurkey. It's 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 good stuff. It has stuffing in the middle. Oh, and we I can't have, even I eat stuffing. It. Oh yeah, I the can. Whole gluten shit. Yeah. I hear lately there's been some been times where I'll just fucking be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna eat a hot dog, and it doesn't even fucking bother me. I I just uh, don't. I'm, I just can't do it on a regular basis. I don't. Think. Right, right. I did make a. I made a, a pumpkin Kahlua cheesecake. Um. That was quite good. I, I put a little bit too much Kahlua in it, so it's a little soft, but it still tastes very good. Mm. And I um, had a leftover Taco Bell taco and some coffee this morning, and it is hurting my innards. So instead of taking Pepto, I ate a piece of cheesecake before we started recording. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm eating like two meals a day now. <laughs> like I'll eat right when I get home in the morning, and then I'll eat about noon or one o'clock, and then I don't eat 
for the rest of the, until like seven thirty the next morning. But when I eat, I'm eating a lot. The other day, I was like, you know, when I said about the hot dogs, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I have a craving for hot dogs. I'm going to go get a fucking hot dog. So I ate two hot dogs and um, then drove uh, down the road probably about 10 miles and stopped at Taco Bell and got three tacos and fucking <laughs> ate them. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're so fucking – why did you eat all that? And but, you know, yeah, fuck just it. Be happy. Just be happy. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did you did you get into anything on Friday? Any Black Friday anything? Fuck no. Yeah, me either. I actually, luckily, I actually had the day off, and I watched a shitload of movies. So, does Apple have some kind of Black Friday anything? Yeah, uh, they. That is the only day of the year they put anything on sale. Um, this year, instead of doing like lower prices, they gave uh, they did the like Apple Store gift cards, which I think is kind of tacky, but whatever. Uh, this I know the store did better business than they did last year, so maybe it worked. But well, uh, I just you know they started on fucking Thursday, and I'm like, okay, now how the fuck is it Black Friday when it's Thursday? And then all these <laughs> gray Thursday fucking morons <laughs> are acting like a bunch of goddamn lemmings, and they're just killing each other. Thursday, Friday, and when I went to the Walmart Saturday morning at about six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. uh, because I just needed to get some fucking food, some vegetables and stuff, and I was just like, God damn, I pray that this bullshit madness is over. And luckily it was. There was nobody there. There was just very few cars, and I went yeah. in, I got my green beans and shit, toothpaste, and I needed to get some triple a batteries <laughs> <laughs> For your i accomplished vibrator. everything and and i spent like 140 dollars, and i don't know how well one this <laughs> this dog food i get is like 30 dollars for this big huge bag yeah of, we we use a local place our shit's like 50 something yeah and so that was a you know if, if i knocked off the dog food but i i just bought food i mean i didn't buy anything yeah, like, yeah. you know to I'm kind of like you, uh, where you said about the uh, buying DVDs and stuff. Now I'm pretty much getting to just the download shit. I know. Uh, I'm. I am myself. There's. I have so many fucking DVDs and VHS tapes, and they're just. It is just a lot of clutter. And they just sit there because I because I have Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. My discs. My all my discs are under the fucking couch within reach. Yeah. But they would take. Like rifling through them, figuring out what I want to watch, getting up, putting it in the player. Whereas I could just hit a couple buttons on a remote, and I have fucking so like four easier. different sources of digital entertainment just right there. Jaw. I agree. so yeah. The plan today is to go buy a new Mac Mini with my uh, Christmas monies that I've already gotten, and uh, get a media server set up in my living room. So fuck yeah, Should be. Um, what have you been watching this week? Uh, I don't know if you had any extra days off. I did, so I got a little extra in. But uh, no, what have you been I watching? didn't have any extra days off. I, I might. I was thinking about having an extra day off tonight. <laughs> Impromptu. <laughs> uh, Not too late. Well, I'm telling you what. Um, I'm trying to think. Somebody was all that uh, wheeling nailers. The uh, the uh, like uh, farm team, uh, hockey team was at home. I think today at three o'clock. 
Jerry Lawler, the king, and Mickey James of the bubble 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 were going to be in Pittsburgh. So I could have hit both of them. I could have went to see the king, and I could have went to a cheap hockey game for twelve dollars for the best tickets. And but that's the one thing though. Like the other day, I thought about going up to. I was looking at some of the. You know, some college teams up in PA have hockey teams, and I looked online, and there's a you know uh, the one I think I didn't look at hardly any other ones, but this Robert Morris College is right up around Pittsburgh, which is an hour and a half away, and the tickets were like the Wheeling Nailers. I mean, there's like ten bucks or something like mm-hmm. that, and they're playing like Penn State and uh, some of these other big colleges. And uh, I thought, you know, fuck, I like watching hockey, and I've seen some college games, and they were actually pretty good, you know, competition-wise and everything. And I thought about going up there last, I think, Saturday. and But it's just weird. Um, when you work midnight shift, I, I could sleep till like 4 in the morning and wake up. But then about the time the game would start, which would be like, say, 3 o'clock, I just – fucking feel because i'm that's i'm used to going to sleep at noon yeah and it just hits me and i was like fuck i'm gonna be an hour and a half away i'm gonna fucking probably get start getting really super tired and then i'll be miserable so i just went to taco bell that was another (laughs) taco bell day i had this big build-up that i was and i even i even got in the car i had directions i set my gps and everything i started driving up the road i made it probably four miles and i thought fuck this shit and i went to taco bell and i got a big mountain (laughs) dew and three tacos and i fucking ate them and came back home and went to sleep so (laughs) i treated myself to a seven layer burrito oh how's that it's delicious and i always feel like i don't know why what are the layers seven layers and you don't eat meat it's got uh, it is it's the biggest thing you can get, I believe. That, is it that they, I mean, besides like fucking thing. No, no, no. It's just it's just a burrito with seven different things in it. It's um, it's got what the hell is in there? Tomatoes, huh? cheese, beans, lettuce, guacamole. I'm up to five. Uh, I don't know what else. I just remembered something that was in my uh, tacos uh, yesterday. And I, I I don't know if it was seven layers because it had it had meat on the bottom, it had lettuce and it had cheese, and it had a hair that I'm telling you was probably <laughs> nine inches fucking long. I, I like to drive and eat at the same time because I just you know I don't fuck it. Sometimes I'll I'll pull in and sit or whatever, and I'm driving and I'm just reaching over blindly in the bag while I'm watching the road, taking yeah, yeah. each taco out and eating them. And I took this one out and I kind of peeled the the paper wrapper back so I could, you know, just kind of eat as I'm going. And I saw something. I was like, what the fuck? And I pulled this goddamn fucking hair out. And I'm telling you what, it was almost as, as long as a ruler. And, 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 but, you know, I was like, what the fucking hell? So I just fucking ate the goddamn taco. And I didn't eat the hair. <laughs> That's good. But, I mean, um, it's okay, still, okay. It's got rice, right. beans, huh. cheese, rice, beans, cheese, lettuce, lettuce. tomato. Tomato. Sour cream, sour cream and guacamole. Isn't sour cream part, doesn't that come from some part of a cow? And I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not vegan. So does cheese. Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're you're yeah. a fucking uh, dairy guy. You'll eat dairy yeah. oh except milk. 
Don't drink milk. I'll use it as an ingredient. Even though we buy soy milk for the most part. Uh, there's there's oh, something that I watch that will come into play when when I talk about milk. Let me let's let's, let's get into let's get into what we want watching. Enough Taco Bell talk. I have to make a note. Okay. The first thing I watched was the documentary by uh, what David Lynch, uh, Crumb about R. Crumb and his wacky family and his thick-legged uh, big butt obsession. Um, I love this documentary. I actually bought it on uh, iTunes just so I could watch it more than once. It's one of those ones. It's just um, it's interesting that um, Lynch did, Lynch did direct it, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. I it, are you talking about the movie Crumb from '94? Doc, it's a documentary. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't think he did. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There's a Terry Zwigoff. They have, is it a Criterion that you have? Yeah, I thought maybe he produced it. I'm not sure what he did with it. Uh, there's a crumb from '94. The cover has a crumb drawing of a pistol. To yeah, the back that's of his own that's head. that's it. Um, okay, yeah, Cherry's Zwigoff or Zwigoff. I kept I don't know. thinking maybe uh, maybe he produced it. I don't know. I don't. I'll look through. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll look through I'll there and it. you just find out. No, okay. he had. I thought he had something to do with it. But it's very good. I like it a lot. Uh, the he's it, it's just a, a documentary about odd people um, mm-hmm. and people that are flawed and fucked up and uh, um, I'm not so sure that if I knew R. Crumb that I would want to hang out with him and that he wouldn't get on my nerves because <laughs> he is such a fucking giant nerd and he just kind of uh, he's very intelligent and he just like scoffs and laughs at like any and everything like look at the guys in San Francisco 49ers hat on it's just stupid and it's like Jesus Christ but then compared to his brothers <laughs> his brothers are so fucking weird and his mom uh, uh, it's but it's have you seen it I haven't seen it oh my god this is a movie that you would fucking I mean it's 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 just great I need to watch. I, I, that's one I've been meaning to watch. Honestly, he he wasn't really on my radar until I saw uh, um, American Splendor. Oh, me no. either. I I mean, I remember seeing like uh, Splendor, yeah. some of the some of his artwork, but I never like read any comics or magazines or anything that you know and knew who this R. Crumb guy was. For some reason, I can't remember why I. Uh, I sought this out, and when I finally watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking... The, the film is, quote-unquote, presented by David Lynch. It's so kind of like he, a Quentin Tarantino. Funded it, yeah. Ooh, those veggies. <laughs> um, I watched Winter Kills. Uh, this is on uh, iTunes also. Has a fucking huge cast. Um, Jeff Bridges, when he was really young. Um, it's right, I think, right after... He made um, King Kong, which was, you know, he made some some uh, movies um, like Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, and um, oh, uh, the one that we reviewed uh, about the boxing with Stacy Keach, uh, and, and yeah, when he was really really young. But King Kong was the one that was, you know, this big budget blockbuster that was supposed to, you know, really get him over. Um, this cast is like Jeff Bridges, John Huston, Anthony Perkins, 
Eli Wallach, Sterling Hayden, Thomas Melian, uh, Ralph Meeker, Tashiro Mifune, Richard Damn. Boone. I mean, it's just got so many fucking Brad Dexter. It's got so many goddamn fucking people in it. And um, I've talked about it before about the uh, documentary when they were making it. And um, um, it's ha- one of the reasons I watched it is because of the uh, 50th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. And this, the book, uh, everything was based on. It's a, it's a fictional thing about uh, uh, the brother of a president that's assassinated, and they changed all the names and everything around and everything. Right. But it, it's it's really an entertaining fucking movie. It's it's flawed, but when you watch the documentary about uh, it's called the killing of Winter Kills, you kind of find out why it's flawed, and it's yeah. not for any reason of you know their own. Um, I watched all the marbles with um, nice. uh, Peter Falk. Um, I had this one, and I saw it in the theater because I'm such a big wrestling fan that when it came out in the theater, I was like, anything about wrestling that was shown mainstream, I was like, fuck, I got to see this, I got to see this. And this is a Robert Aldrich uh, directed this, and uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was this Vicky Frederick that. Uh, was one of the girls in the the main girl tag team when she uh, auditioned for the movie she thought that he was Robert Altman and so she came in and she was like oh my god I love MASH I love this and that and it kind of pissed the guy off because that wasn't even him Uh, but the two girls in it I mean it's kind of like when you watch women's wrestling when I was growing up like almost without question all of them were pretty hard and like truck driver women, they yeah. weren't attractive, blah, blah, blah. There was a couple, like Maria Laverne was good looking, and Vivian Vachon was pretty good looking. But not like today with Trish Stratus and girls like that, which I'm dating myself because they're not even in wrestling anymore. But yeah. these two girls in this movie were fucking hot as hell. Uh, Lorene Landon um, has been in a ton of shit, including Eye of the Jury, with uh, um, Armada Sante as his secretary, Velda. One one of the two mm-hmm. was supposed to be Kathleen Turner. Yeah, but Kathleen Turner got thrown out of the ring during like a rehearsal and her, broke her hip. Dude, this and, movie, they fucking um, Mildred Burke. If you watch Lipstick and Dynamite, the documentary about the old school lady wrestling, Mildred yeah. Burke was the champion for a real long time before Mula. And her husband, Billy Wolf, was the promoter of all the women's wrestling. And um, But Mildred Burke trained these girls. She trained all the girls in the movie. Well, I'm telling you what. They did – and it's in, it says – I mean they did all their own stunts. They did all their own wrestling. Probably the last 20 to 25 minutes of a fucking almost two-hour movie is one match. And they yeah. fucking wrestled the whole time. The, the the intros that they did for that match were really good. That was the one with the like the huge feather head yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was real. It, it was good. I mean, there's there's parts of it that are kind of like, eh. but uh, it's really good. Um, what's his name? Um, oh, fucking Burt Young is fucking hilarious. <laughs> when he, he's, I mean, he'll be like looking at that that one girl, that Vicky Frederick. There's a scene where she they get they're in a casino and she's got high heels on and she has the shortest fucking shorts on that are so fucking tight. And he's like, <laughs> and it also has uh, Lenny Montana who played um, Luca Brazzi in The Godfather and who was also a real 
pro wrestler back in the day. Uh, and he's really old in this. He was also in Defiance with Jan Michael Vincent. He played that kind of simple-minded boxer. <laughs> and Mean Joe Green is in it. But anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, let's see. I watched The Way, way back. Uh, this has Steve Carell. Uh, and uh, what's the guy? The guy with the fucking Sam Rockwell. I was gonna say the guy with the big butt. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. James Garner. This is really entertaining. Um, it, it's about a, a boy. It kind of reminded me, sort of, of the who's the chick that is in that goddamn the, those fucking sappy vampire movies. Uh, and, oh. she, and she played Joan Jett. Oh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, the one about the one uh, that she was in about uh, the amusement park, like Kennywood up in Pittsburgh. Oh, Adventure Adventureland. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of that in a way. I liked Adventureland. Uh, it, this is a, a young boy though; he's like fourteen, and his mom, who is dating some dude, Steve Carell. Um, they go to like this beach community kind of a thing for vacation and he's real awkward doesn't know anybody and then he kind of uh, meets um, uh, Sam Rockwell works at a water park like one of the big giant slides and everything mm-hmm. and uh, so it's pretty it's pretty it's Sam Rockwell is very entertaining so I, I would like recommend him. this one yes. <laughs> I watched um, a movie that I found on uh, no I can't even divulge how or where I found it uh, <laughs> because you're involved in a way. Uh, oh. uh, but it's, uh, well, I'm not going to say. Anyway, uh, it's called Powder Keg and it stars Rod Taylor and Dennis Cole. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's what a. Hell, I don't even. Hmm? Did I get. I gave you that? No, 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 no. You did oh, it okay. in a roundabout way. Oh, okay. Uh, with. Uh, uh, access to something i got gotcha. you uh, yeah uh, but this was uh the reason i found i just happened to find it and it's um it's a western but it's kind of takes place sort of like the wild bunch did mm-hmm. where it's uh, a western but it's after 1900 it's closer to i like the, those yeah like uh the uh, pancho villa uh revolution in mexico and like cars are getting ready to happen yeah, well, and, there's there yeah. they drive a car uh called it's and the car is uh, a studs bearcat uh uh, car, mm-hmm. and it's like one of the first cars, whatever. And uh, but the, apparently, this movie later morphed into a, I guess probably I didn't look it up, but it's probably probably a short-lived TV show called Bearcats, which was named after the car. But Dennis Cole was this is just a weird thing. First of all, he was on one of like Young and the Restless at one time, and <laughs> but his <laughs> son was Joe Cole. The, the his son was the guy that was with Henry Rollins when they got robbed and his son got uh, murdered and Henry Rollins took off running when the, he heard the gunshots they, the guys uh, they were walking home from like a video store or something and these two guys pulled guns on him and took him back to their to to Henry Rollins and Joe Cole's house and when they walked in the door uh, they had their backs to him and they, they were like you know we want your money you know and all this and that and uh, apparently one of the guys shot uh, Dennis Cole's son and Henry Rollins just fucking, he said, I just took off around and ran out through the living room, out through the kitchen, out the back door and took off. Um, so anyway, but it's, it's good. Rod Taylor's always good. He's, you know, the rugged fucking, uh, guy, they're mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, and they're hired to, um, th- this, uh, like head of, a of a railroad, um, the, the train that him and his daughter are riding on gets, uh, hijacked by these, um, Former like Pancho Villa 
revolutionaries, but they've kind of turned into just robbers and criminals. And they kill him, and they kidnap the daughter. And then they hire uh, Rod Taylor and Dennis Cole, who are these two mercenaries that are famous, to go after him. They're like manhunters. And they said, well, how much do they charge? And the, the whole gimmick somehow is that they ask for a blank check. Because they said if you can put a price on it, it's not worth en- enough to you or something like that. So anyway, and it's it's um, it said it was digitally remastered, but it looks like it's almost fucking off a of TV. So they didn't <laughs> master too goddamn much, I'll tell you that. Mm. Um, I watched Who Is the Most Intelligent Serial Killer, and this well, this I think this was like a, that's the title. Say if this was called like a, a true crime. And then dot dot, who is the most intelligent serial killer or something like that? It's on YouTube. I right. of course thought of Bryn while I was watching this because he is a big uh, serial, serial killer, killer buff. And, oh, oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and told us about Edmund Kemper when we were on Kemper Boulevard in I think uh, Cincinnati or somewhere or um, Indianapolis. I can't remember which one did you go to, Cincinnati or Indianapolis? Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, uh, I watched another documentary called The Secrets of Scientology, which was pretty good. And uh, with that, I watched uh, about an hour-long program where they were talking about um, how the Church of Scientology is really in fucking trouble. Uh, um, they had some kind of great big building that they spent that uh, somehow – I don't know if this city or something backed it. And put a shitload of money into it, and it's been seven years. It was supposed to have been built, and they just keep putting it off and putting it off. And uh, also a lot about uh, Tom Cruise, Katie Holmes, uh, Will Smith, and his he's kind of a weirdo too, and shit like that. Oh, and uh, the the whole thing about that the the chick uh, Leanne Remini, uh, uh-huh. they talked about her a lot and how you know she's these people are starting to uh, the 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 one guy that was Demi Moore's. Uh, boyfriend in G.I. Jane, he was in there and he, he fucking quit. And there's more and more people, especially famous people, that are quitting. Yeah. I watched Elysium with Matt Damone. I also watched Elysium with Matthew Damone. And I will say this, uh, you know, I, I always talk shit about these actors and I'll, I'll still talk shit about them because, you know, uh, I guess when they're going to make a movie, they must you know, have a personal trainer and all this stuff, but he's pretty goddamn buff. God, he is jacked. In yeah, this movie. he's jacked. Um, and Jodie Foster, her, 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 the older she gets, she's getting a big wide can on her, which, you know, to people who don't speak misogynist, misogynism, <laughs> it means a big butt. Just wide. Not like really, I mean, I, I don't know. She's old. Um, one of the reasons that I like this is it has a lot of cool action and effects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main thing was um, it really I, – I laughed um, because um, my friend, he uh, asked me the other day. He was looking up movies, and he said, hey, have you ever seen this? And it was that new movie, uh, Atlas Shrugged. I mean, it was like, like yeah. last year, a couple of years ago, and I didn't have the heart to tell him that I wouldn't watch that fucking piece of shit if I'm not <laughs> dependent on it because it goes against like everything that I fucking believe in. Um, but somebody, when I was watching this, um, somebody said, "Hey, what's this?" And I said, "Well, it's kind of like the 99% version of Atlas Shrugged because <laughs> I, I liked, how, you know, 
it, it, that's what it reminded me of. You know, you yeah, had yeah. all the rich, successful millionaires, billionaires, or whatever living on a space station while everybody lived in a squalor with, with access to the most amazing healthcare. And I, yes, with access to the most amazing healthcare. Uh, I liked that um, on Earth, which was, you know, pretty much, it looked like uh, South Africa in District 9. And of course, uh, uh, that Neil uh, Blomkamp is the Blomkamp, one yeah. he did District 9. But it looked like the uh, shanty towns and stuff like that in South Africa. Uh, but um, they, they went into the detail, like small details, like a lot of people on Earth speaking Spanish in the United States. Mm-hmm. And of course, the people that that lived up on the on the space station, they were walking around. They're really elitist, speaking French, which I thought was funny. Uh, and um, what's his face, um, uh, Charlto Copley? Charlto Copley. He was what a piece of shit he, he was. Stole, but to me, he stole the fucking show. And one of the things was he was so fucking nuts. But then he's <laughs> speaking this Afrikaans, and it just like he he was. His eyes, I thought he had like, and he might have had like some kind of contacts in or something. I think he did because his eyes are blue normally, but he, especially his like left eye, I think he might have had, because they, you know, they talk about these implants and stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, well, well, that's what Damon has, but it's obvious he, he is like ready to have shit plugged into him all the time with yeah, all those like, like cyborg because you can see. So I th- I th- he must have like a, he must have like a robotic eye, a robotic eyes or something or some kind of implant in there because oh, his eyes look shit. very big and black. And when he, when he uh, uh, they went over his dossier, you know, saying how can this guy be working for us? And it was like rape and molestation and everything. And then when he gets with the chick that da- Damon grew up with that he's in love with, he's like, you know, I could, I, I, I could always, I, I never could be with one woman. But he, he met her like he kidnapped her and met her like two seconds before, and he's like, I think I could really, I could really settle down with you and everything. Like, Jesus. And he's sniffing her hair like oh, a it's so gross. And there was one part that really shocked me that had with a grenade, uh, and I thought, wait a minute, Jesus, yes. <laughs> but then you know it was, yeah, it wasn't. And uh, Fickner um, and Jodie Foster both kind of used this weird, like kind of elitist. Uh, accent, which you know, I it wasn't a great movie, but I thought it was. I, I just you know, I, I I watched it a couple times. It was I liked like it. A, uh, early release on iTunes. So. Yeah, it was. I mean, there's nothing real, nothing super subtle yeah. about it if you know what's going on in in the in the capitalist societies today. But it was. I mean, I'm I like sure it, th- I, it. I like that it. I like that it went that direction and that uh, um, the. And it, it, it's a fitting role for Matt Damon, considering his political leanings right. as well. I was going to say, like, I'm sure there's a lot of teabaggers that wouldn't like it. But yeah. the thing is, um, if teabaggers saw it, because for the most part, I think a lot of them are misinformed and being used, they would empathize probably more with um, Damon's character and his situation. But they would think of the people up in the space station instead of being uh the rich elite they would think of them as the government yeah you know so they would whatever but anyway i watched uh the the wolverine again because again. my buddy hadn't seen it and so i had it and uh i still like it i still am not uh, that thrilled with svetlana kojenchenkova who played like <laughs> she was all right, but I mean it's just uh, miscasting. And it, now here's a question for you. Okay, 
I always said Famke Johnson. Is it uh, is it or Famke Janssen? Is it Famke? I have no idea. That's the one. <laughs> Jean Grey, and she was in a bunch of shit. But uh, I don't know. And she was. Is in- she in then? Yeah, she's uh, she's in his dreams. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, which, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard say, say Famke, but I always said Famke. It's probably Famke. Famke Janssen. Yeah. Netherlands. Uh, I make, it, make it sound nether. Make it sound Netherlandy. Netherlandy. Uh, that sounds like a land that you'll never go to. <laughs> um, I watched Red Two, which was directed by Dean Parasalt, starring Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, John Malkovich. Uh, it had uh, uh, Byung Hun Lee, who was in um, what's the one? Uh, I saw the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the hero in that, and I was surprised to see him in this. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, or Zeta, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, Brian Cox. It's got a lot. Of, it's got a good cast in it, and you know, and Anthony uh, Hopkins is in it. I uh, Mary Louise Parker. She's like one of the main people, so I left her out. Uh, but I had heard a lot. Or I hadn't heard a lot of good things about this, and like on fucking uh, iTunes. They don't even have it for rental. It's like seventeen ninety nine, so it's even, yeah. and it even costs more than most b- buys do. So I'm thinking that they're just trying to get their money back. <laughs> but <laughs> I watched it, and I was fairly entertained by it. Um, I wish that uh, Carl Urban uh, could have been in it, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, he was replaced by a oh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy that's in all kinds of shit. He played the Tin Man in the uh, oh, what's his fucking name. But he kind of, I th- I'm pretty sure that he probably, well, the way they ended up with the other one, uh, Carl Urban, um, didn't end as a, it's Neil McDonough. He didn't end as a, as a, like, a bad guy anymore. So, mm. um, well, I shouldn't give that away because you, you've seen it. I haven't seen it. Anyway. Um, so it's, I'll forget. But I, it's, it's worth <laughs> watching. It, it's, uh, you know, done ton just like the other one, tongue-in-cheeky, but really violent, and uh, it's kind of just dark humor. Um, I watched Francis Ha. Uh Uh-oh. I will say that uh, you and I are going to prove that we don't agree on everything, because I thought this movie was hilarious. (laughs) Beginning to end, I rented it, and so you have 24 hours to watch it. I watched it one day, and then I I crammed it in again. Um, and watched it again because I liked it so much, and then I bought it. <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> I don't really liked it. I don't dislike. I don't dislike it, but I think sometimes we're in certain films. If the if if and I and I know it's probably the point, but so if if character if characters that I'm supposed to be behind in some way they get on my nerves, it, it can harm my enjoyment of it. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened. Well, but I, I did, I did thought, it, I, th- I did think it was good. I did like it. I thought the character of Frances was hilarious. She was so quirky, and she was so, and, and for a dancer, she was so fucking clumsy. And even <laughs> yeah. when she was walking or running or something like that, I told my friend, I was like, "Oh my god, she she just looks, she moves like a big, uh, I don't want to say a big cow because I don't want to sound like I'm insulting women or something." But <laughs> she was, yeah, she she moves like, uh, you know, like when the uh, when a, a horse is born or a deer, and they kind of yeah. like stumble around. She has that kind of uneasy look about her when she moves. Yeah. Well, the one guy, even in the movie, him and his girlfriend were walking on one side of the street, and they were like, "Oh, hey, Francis!" And when they walked over to her, they said, "Oh," and he goes, "I knew that was you with your like old man uh, lumbering walk." 
but I thought she was funny. <laughs> I just I really liked it. Um, and I liked I you know I kept thinking why is this movie called Francis Ha? And I like yeah I like the little that was I like that little touch yeah uh, which I won't say what it was. And another thing because you know on um um Chinstroker versus Punter, one of their uh, big things was you know are you tired of podcasts where the two hosts agree all the time another agree to disagree thing (laughs) do you know know what it is Uh uh-uh you can see it coming um hang on i'm trying to think uh did you did you see the uh uh uh, arnold schwarzenegger movie from earlier this year (laughs) no 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 it's man of tai chi Oh yeah, I really okay. like. I, I, I can see the- some of the things you're saying, like some of the wire work, because I was watching it when Keanu was fighting this guy, and yeah. I was like, oh, could, you know, but <laughs> but I still, I just thought it was entertaining, and I thought uh, he was really. It was a. It, I don't know. <laughs> I I I appreciate what Keanu, what 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 Keanu Reeves is doing by directing a movie that is. I mean, that is a Hong Kong movie, but. The fucking tiger, what's his name? Yeah. He is a fucking cardboard box. I like seeing him fight, but goddamn, he was boring otherwise. He's got a real fucking bad haircut, too, because he's got a receding... He has the Richard Harris from Wild Geese hair, where his part starts (laughs) like almost midway. Yeah. I I don't know. The movie didn't work for me for some reason, and I I liked the fight scenes for the most part, but like you were saying, the wire work. Some of the... I am a fan of wire work when it's done well, like... um, I'm trying to think of one offhand, like uh, Iron Monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wire works pretty. It's obvious that they're doing it, yeah. but when it looks like like when somebody's, you know, they get punched and they're flying through the air, but they're kind of in that position the where it looks gra- like they're Keanu hanging. grabbed him by the ankle and like pulled him back to him. Which, if he did that, gravity would have. I mean, he would have. Yeah, it makes it look a little corn. It yeah. just looks too. I don't know. I, Simon Yam is in that. He is in it, but he's not in it enough. Yeah, he he's, wasn't a, he's in like it very the police chief. And the guy from uh, Manantau was in it, and he's in it for like two seconds. And um, I liked uh, the different fighters. Uh, mm-hmm. MMA guy MMA. in his uh, uh, camouflage shorts. You know? <laughs> God, I was so I was so happy that guy got his ass handed. I like the guy <laughs> that um, that uh, the first thing he does is just. Put his foot like up over his head and grab a hold of it and just stand there. <laughs> and then he he was the guy that like was like a turtle, like you couldn't hurt him. I thought that was cool. oh yeah, I like that yeah yeah. And and well, I'm not gonna give any more away. Blah, blah, blah. I watched uh, the uh, Unreasonable Man, the Ralph Nader documentary again. Uh, I watched a documentary on YouTube. These are all on YouTube. Um, the Ralph uh, Unreasonable Man, uh, and I watched a documentary about an hour long about uh, uh, hunting. Uh, Pablo Escobar, and they talk about it's it's um they the the, the uh, book was called um, Killing Pablo, mm-hmm. and they did a documentary about it. Um, and they're supposed they've been in talks and works. Uh, this thing has been probably talked about, <coughs> about for um, <laughs> I would say fifteen fucking years. It seems like because the guy that did Black Hawk Down the book wrote Killing Pablo and they were supposed to get the same director and everything to do the movie Killing Pablo. I don't know why it, it hadn't been made yet. It's really interesting um, uh, story. 
Uh, and I watched a documentary about uh, Mongolia, which is also on YouTube. And this comes up with the milk uh, thing, which you said you'd use as ingredients and stuff. And one of the things that they do, <laughs> they milk horses. Uh, these uh, the the mares they'll milk they'll milk these mares, which is weird seeing someone milk a horse, and they make some kind of a drink out of it. It's a traditional drink that they make, and they said it can go from anywhere from six percent to eighteen percent alcohol, depending on how long they let it ferment, and it's used in a ritual. There's all kinds of stuff. Th- these guys just went to Mongolia with these uh, these uh, nomadic. Herds, uh, herdsmen, and um, they have like goats. Uh, some of them have goats, or some some of, some of them have like uh, a bunch of goats. Uh, these little horses that they ride and milk. Uh, mm-hmm. These fucking things like these that look like almost like uh, small yaks or something. They're real long fur with big horns, and then and they're riding around on these two fucking hump camels. Where they're sitting in the middle of the two humps, which was fun because they're just these little squat kind of stout people. And uh, then there's some of them that that uh, because Mongolia is between China and um, Russia, there's uh, uh, reindeer herdsmen, mm-hmm. and it's so cool. I mean, you talk about fucking Santa Claus. Here these fuckers come with these goddamn reindeer, and they have them on fucking uh, like bridles and stuff, and uh, they, they they're herdsmen with reindeer. They said some people have like thirty of them, and then some some of the bigger ones have like three hundred. But they're just nomadic. It shows how that's. Uh, I think one of them. I can't remember if it was the reindeer guys or what. They they built like almost like teepees, and then some of the other ones um, that lived down. Uh, in the, I guess, lower parts of Mongolia, built those up. They're almost like a round um, structure mm-hmm. with uh, uh, skins and stuff all over it, and they can put them up in just a couple hours. It told all these in- intricacies, like if you meet someone from Mongolia, uh, take your glove off before you shake their hand, even if it's 40 degrees out. Um, when you go into those round houses or uh, like teepee kind of things, you go clockwise and all this and that. And they, there was a lot of Buddhism they talked about going to the temples. And, and uh, there's some temples that you, when you when – you, uh, uh, not the temple, but like uh, almost like a, a religious uh, Buddhist uh, – structure out in the middle of the of a field or something and when you went up to it you you walked around it three times in a circle Mm -hmm. uh or and if you they said if you if you were driving and you couldn't didn't have time to stop you beeped your horn three times as you went by but it was really (laughs) interesting and honest to god it was just like man their life is but they also live close to um like these these uh cities uh where there's like lots of um Oh, they had this one black market section where you could buy anything, um, and it's really helped them out now that they said that since the Soviet Union fell, that they're not uh, they're, they're not living under their reign and everything. But it was really interesting, and it just makes you think, God, they just have such a simple life, no, and and can just it just seemed like something that you know you almost just want to fucking move over there and just forget about <laughs> the shit. Yeah. Um, but like some of the kids. Um, it was almost like the Amish, where they had the opportunity. This well, one of the girls 
uh, was she could either stay with them and continue on with their lifestyle that's been since uh, fucking Genghis Khan, or she was going to maybe go live in the city and go to school and become a doctor. So it's not like it's all like a prehistoric or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. so, but it was really interesting. There's a. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of. I'm like you with. Um, I already said about the uh, DVDs and stuff like that. But even just on YouTube, we have that one post at the top of our page. There's so much shit that I mean. I don't know why I pay for anything <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. there's so much stuff that is just available and and even just. As far as documentaries and movies, old movies, that's just available. You yeah. Know. Um, the only thing that sucks about some of the YouTube stuff and things like that is I wish that um, you just kind of have to go out and find it. I mean, I might type in looking for a trailer for uh, Dark of the Sun or something, and off to the side, you'll see some uh, Commando Hell or whatever or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah, going down that wormhole, yeah, to seeing just kind of like, find it. You, yeah. There's not really a way to. Um, I guess if you're looking for something, you can put it in the search and see if it just comes right up. But most of the stuff I find on there is just by accident. Anyway, so what hmm. have you been watching? Yeah. Um, let's see. I continued my 2013 <laughs> early cram. Um, I watched uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. The Sam Raimi directed uh, Wizard of Oz movie. Um, this is the prequel of sorts to The Wizard of Oz. Um, let's see. Well, Michelle Williams is hot, so I took that from it. Mila Kunis is pretty hot in it, too. They, they mush up her tits pretty nice, too. Um, but it, it's, it's... Yeah, it's a tit mush. It's okay. I mean, it's not. it wasn't my favorite movie ever, but uh, if it did anything, it... Um, Besides, let me look at Michelle Williams' cleavage again. Um, it l- got me interested in reading some of the Oz books. Um, this is not this movie was not based on one of the Oz books, but there's like 14 of them. Um, the Wizard of Oz was the first, so I was looking around to see what ebook might be available, like for that sort of thing. But I wanted one that had the original illustrations from it. Um, and there's a there's a there's a company called Doma Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a Kindle edition of uh, it's in color of the the Wizard. Of, it's like Illustrated Oz Collection is what it's called. It was ninety nine cents for all like fifteen of Frank Baum's books because mm. um, so, the books are public domain, so typically they're free. But really, the ninety nine cents is for their kind of assembling it and you know restoring the illustrations that sort of thing. It's it's pretty cool. Um, I started reason, reading the first Wizard of Oz book, which I'd never read before, so. And uh, Dorothy's a lot younger than he, she was in the uh, in the movie. Yeah. So, That's a, uh, we, I watched that. Did you see that doc or uh, not documentary? That uh, miniseries, The Tin Man. Uh huh. With uh, it's uh, Zoe Deschanel and uh, um, Alan Cumming, Neil McDonough, who I was talking about before. I haven't seen it. And uh, Richard Dreyfuss, a bunch of people. It takes place like when they're adults, and she goes back. Okay, but I mean, some people hated it because they can't stand Zoe Deschanel, Emily. Yeah, uh, and, uh, but <laughs> but I liked it. I mean, it was you know interesting. I thought I don't know, maybe I'm a dick. <laughs> um, let's see. I, uh, I I said Man of Tai Chi, not my favorite. It, a little better than average for me. Um, uh, yeah. Have you ever done uh, Tai Chi? 
I've never done Tai Chi. It looks like it would be uh, no. I mean, uh, they just fight in the, in this one, but I mean, it's supposed to be relaxing and yeah, it's relaxing. like a, it's a form of of moving meditation. So it's uh, I, I I don't know if it was ever I don't know if it's just a, a cinematic thing or if it was ever actually used as a combative martial yeah. art or not. I don't know. Well, and, and you uh, yeah, <laughs> what you, were you were you did you think Keanu wasn't convincing as the heel? No, he was fine. He was he was dick. But I'll tell you what. What ha- I, I've seen Keanu Reeves act a lot better than he did in this movie. Well, he was really acting corny. If he was really in, in, in like a, a Buddhist or a uh, spiritual thing. I'm wondering if he wasn't supposed to be this um, uh, like a trial or a, an impediment or a challenge, uh, like. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's if kind of the thing. Like the devil or something, or just well, a he's, bad karma. I don't know. He's the he's the he's the embodiment of of you know capitalism of of fighting for the wrong reasons. I mean, he drives these nice and, cars. He makes these guys fight against each other just for sport. Um, well, he always dresses in black. But he, and then like this, this art of Tai Chi, this guy has to drive out in the middle of nowhere. It's just him and one other dude. Like nobody else is really interested in it. The government wants to shut it down. I mean, yeah, that, that whole thing is there. That's the, the, the temptation of a He's more like complex. Dana White. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe not. Um, I, I don't, I think that, uh, Keanu, even though he was pure evil, he, he wasn't as big of an asshole as Dana White. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was all right. It wasn't great for me. Um, let's see. I watched The Kings of Summer. Um, Jordan Vaught Roberts. Um, this is a kind of a almost like a mud type story with like a kind of kids at that age. Um, but they are. It's real quirky. It's it's a little. It's it's a comedy. Um, but it's these three teenagers. Really, it's two guys, but there's one little weird kid kind of hangs out with them too. Um, but they are just sick of their parents um, and decide that he. This one kid finds this just clearing out in the middle of nowhere in the woods and decides he's going to build a house out there and they're all going to live in it. They're going to run away from home and blah blah blah. And he's got these grand view, you know, images of what the house is going to look like, but obviously it doesn't look like that. But they do end up living in it, so it's kind of that summer they spend and like nobody knows where they are like it's you know it's made the news that these three teenagers have run away and blah 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 and they're out living in the woods and it's it's a cool movie um nick offerman is in it this and, is a uh, 2013 deal yeah, yeah 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 um it's a cool little movie uh it's um you know it's just fun i liked it uh let's see i watched well okay i was gonna watch i wanted to watch the richard linklater movie before midnight that's his new his new one from this year, but I'd never seen before Sunrise or before Sunset, which are the first two. Now these movies are simple in their premise, um, but there's they get, they can get heavy. And most of what it is, it's Ethan Hawke and um, and Julie Delpy. Delp I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, basically before, uh, and so I watched all three in one day, but before sunrise, it, it was filmed in 95. And what, what's interesting about it is, is you get to see the passing of these two, their relationship over, well, now it's been almost 20 years. Um, but 95, when it was done, they are, they meet on a train and then they end up walking around Vienna, Austria for a night. Mm. Um, 
and they're both, you know, 22, 23 years old. And, and really the movie is just basically the camera following them around, going to bars, walking down the street and then, and, and then listening to their conversation, conversations with each other. Um, and then before sunset takes place nine years later and was filmed nine years later, 2004. Um, after he gets divorced from Uma Thurman. <laughs> well, <laughs> for probably he, cheating on her with Julie Delpy. <laughs> He no, is married. He, he is married in it and is having marital issues Whoa. and has a, has a child, and uh, but he meets back up with with Julie Delpy's character, and in this time in Paris, and again it's an afternoon where they're just walking around talking about you know what they've been doing the previous nine years and blah blah blah, and then before midnight the twenty thirteen um, is there you know going a little further and. The you know it's been almost twenty years and just kind of catching up with them again and seeing where their lives are then. These movies are really really good and they all kind of work the same. They're all pretty much long conversations with people sitting around a table or just the two of them walking down a street or whatever. Um, and I never you know it's 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 one of those things like it, it had to have been done right because I you know I sat there for you know, almost five hours watching or four and a half hours watching these three movies right in a row with two people, pretty much just two people talking the whole time. So, um, it's good stuff. And the, the one from this year is it'll definitely be top 30. I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, let's see. Uh, I watched another one that will be high up in the top 30. I watched mud. mud. Um, mud was very good. Jeff Nichols and, uh, Matthew McConaughey with his shirt off and on and off. Um, <laughs> you like that shirt? That's his favorite shirt. Lucky uh, shirt. The kid, uh, the the kids were very good. Did you not uh, think the one kid, what was his name, Neckbone, neck, neck looked bone. like fucking River Phoenix in that kid? Yeah, Standby. he did. Except he had a space between every fucking tooth in his <laughs> in his mouth. Um, and Joe Don Baker looking really old. Uh, Michael Shannon in his wetsuit. Uh, this was really good. Michael um, Shannon's character just perplexed me because I kept thinking <laughs> it was going to go a different way, but he just was kind of, you know. Well, he's just kind of there. Um, this is a this is a rewatch too. I mean, you'll this is one I'll revisit certainly. This is really good stuff. Uh, McConaughey's, I you know I think in your when you guys talked about it on the show, you you talked about maybe you know. It going it feeling like at times that it was going to get bigger than it ever does, mm-hmm. but I I appreciated that about it, um, and yeah, I, uh, I I like this one quite a bit. It's it's up there. God damn, I'm cold. Uh, I'm hot. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> sure, my nipples are fucking even cold. Ripley. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, one that will well right now is in my top thirty because I haven't watched thirty movies yet. Um, but this is the worst 2013 movie I've watched this year. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein's Army. Oh, you know, I almost, I've, I've almost watched that a few times because I, just the, the, the concept. The concept is fucking awesome, yeah. and some of the monsters in it are fucking awesome. There's this one guy. They got lucky finding this one actor that can walk on four stilts at once. Mm-hmm. He's got these bikes. Basically, it's the, the the monster. He's got this, you know, Nazi helmet and a fucking long ass drill for a face. Nice. And and he walks on stilts. So he's you hear him like and he's all like, you know, and you hear the drill and his face is and he drills one dude in the back of the head, like out through the mouth and everything. I'll tell you the biggest 
pro- problem with this movie though Burp. is that they did it a fucking like like Blair Witch type thing. Yeah. And that really hurts it because one they have to make some make some leaps and stuff one of which is if there's somebody with a fucking camera filming in during World War II, it's not going to be widescreen in color and, you know, he's not going to be able to just film, you know, three hours straight without having to change tape or anything like that. And uh, the camera is going to have been a lot bigger. They, they could have done, if they were going to stick with being found footage, one, they should have made it black and white, and two, they should have made it, you know, old, like almost Real square ratio. Shitty looking. Yeah. But they could have just done this as a normal movie, like kind of like that. Uh, what was the one with the two New Zealand guys stuck on that island with the demon summoning? You remember that uh, one? Yeah, I remember watching it, but I can't remember. Black Rock or something like that, Devil's Rock. Uh, um, yeah. If they did it more like that, it would have been a lot better because the guy that played Frankenstein is really creepy, and he has some really fucking cool things walking like when he does when he's walking around doing his various surgeries and stuff. He's got this one little monster he's made. It looks like a hollowed out like Nazi bomb. It's just this big like round metal like bowl with all his tools in it and it has two legs and it just follows him around. <laughs> so it's like it's it's neat. It's really cool and like it's pretty gory, but the the fucking the 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 way it was filmed no, just I still really watch drew back on it. Yeah, it's the it's way you're it's, describing it's, it. It sounds really good. <laughs> It's the monsters and the the concept are cool, but the it, it makes the story kind of bleh because it's like they don't have a fully fleshed out story because it's really just kind of it's because it's that first person thing and this it's a cameraman kind of following this Russian uh, group around as they're uncovering this stuff and eh it's all right it's not great uh. my least favorite 2013 movie so far um, so and the only other thing- your whole fucking uh- the yeah. whole show. Well, well, well. Um, the only other thing I watched, uh, I watched it this morning, uh, the Danish movie A Hijacking, um, <gasps> or Kapringen. Uh, this is, and I think Captain Phillips is also, but it's a movie about uh, Somali pirates hijacking a some sort of, I don't know what they have on the boat, some kind of, some kind of big cargo ship. Um, and it goes. it's a very slow moving kind of negotiation that the between it ends up being between the pirates and the corporation that owns the, the boat. Um, you know, the, the pirates want a certain amount of money and, and it, and it gets frustrating because you have these poor bastards that just are sailing the boat who are kind of just being tortured because Mm. the company doesn't want to pay the certain amount of money and the, the pirates, I mean, they don't, they never speak any English at all except for one guy um, who does the negotiating part. Um, so you just get them like having to live in this horrible condition for weeks and weeks while this, they go back and forth over how much money it's worth and all this stuff. And, um, you know, it had that feeling of the haves and have nots kind of theme, like Elysium or whatever. So. It's it's good. It's really good. So I definitely check it out. It's on iTunes now. So check it out. Um, and that's all I watched. Sweet. Why don't we review? Oh, I didn't even say what we're reviewing this week. We're doing a couple John Hughes movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are doing um, a couple John Hughes Thanksgiving movies. We're going to do Planes, Trains, and Automobiles uh, from eighty seven. Yeah, eighty seven, and then Dutch from ninety one. So why don't we take a break? Do you have a preference? Which we do first? Boo. Let's do Dutch. Okay. 
We'll take a break. We'll be right back with some Dutch. GGTMC live for you, fresh air. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. That's Justin's Thanksgiving song, everybody. <laughs> hey, before we continue and get like uh-huh. into the uh, the meat, what we like to call the meat of the program. I feel like we've already passed the meat of the program with that fucking intro. The big chunk of fucking horse cock. Um, I was just wondering, uh, like, uh, just kind of wanted to, uh, I don't know, bring bring up a sad thing and mm-hmm. maybe just get a, you know, your thoughts on the untimely death of Paul Walker. Oh my God, that was so fucking weird. Yeah. And I don't know if that picture is legit that Gronky posted on the group, but man, if that was the fucking car they wrecked in, that was pretty horrific yeah. looking. It was just a pile of nothing. Well, I have an actual picture that I found, I guess, before they... Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I've heard people say, you know, okay... They checked it out. His agent said this, and it's all over everything that that, that yeah. this is true and everything. Uh, if it isn't, you know, it's going to be really. Uh, it's sad that the way society is that something like this and all this heartfelt sympathy and everything comes out to his family and all this and that. And then people, you still have to wonder: okay, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? Yeah. Um, I um, we we've had some discussions kind of off the books uh about um how people have talked about it or even some people making kind of crash jokes or something like that um i'll say it straight out uh and most of the people who listen to this show know i'm not a fan of fast and furious movies uh mm-hmm. i was never like um uh, you know, like, oh my God, I got to go see this movie. You know, Paul Walker's in it or whatever. Uh, I think you know he was, you know, uh, uh, an okay actor, uh, really good-looking guy. He's you know more like a uh, like a movie star kind of a guy mm-hmm. uh, than a, a great actor. But um, I just think, and I know, you know, God, you know me and most of the people. You know, we joke around about a lot of things, but there's just a time and a place and uh, f- and 
Um, I understand what some people's point is. You know, okay, you don't know the guy, uh, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, when someone who's as young and as he was and just to see him struck down uh, in such an untimely fashion, especially having, you know, a family, having kids, a, a mm-hmm. daughter, and, you know, um, it just, it sucks. And there are people out there that were really big fans. I know Will really likes Fast and the Furious and, and uh, was really entertained by him and the movies he was in. And uh, I just think, like I said, I just think it's it's a time and a place thing, and I just don't want people to think that, you know, oh, you guys are assholes, you joke around about everything, and now you you know somebody makes one little joke. I, I just think it kind of touches a nerve. Yeah, and so, give, give it some time. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're we're not the uh, the forefront of PC or anything like that, but you know, there's the dude, the dude, the dude has been out maybe probably for what eight hours, and we're already making these horrific jokes. And I mean, you know, maybe gives giving some levity to it is one thing, but like you I, said, know, I think it just saying you just hate the dude. And so, I mean, come on, it's just you know. Well, and that's another thing, you know, when they say you know, uh, some people might say. Uh, how can why are people getting so upset? You didn't even know the guy. Blah 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 blah. Uh, then you can throw it right back at them. Okay, why are you getting so upset? You know, uh, and pissed off about this. If people like the guy or respected his work, uh, and or just have some empathy for you know human tragedy, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of. But I don't know. I just for, for me, I just kind of ignore it. Uh, when p- people make comments, because I just think it's kind of there's always going to be people that do that, and yeah, yeah, and, and and another thing, you know, some people just aren't as you know don't have that feeling or that uh, amount of empathy uh, that some people do, and everybody handles it in their own way. So anyway, I just like I said, I I've seen him in several movies other than Fast and the Furious, and uh, um, you know. The guy entertained a shitload of people. The the the, the movies, um, especially those movies, made a lot of fucking money. Or there yeah. wouldn't have been, you know, what six or seven fucking sequels or whatever. That's a pretty hell hell of a f- uh, franchise there. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think didn't they say he was actually was he actually in the Philippines or something? Or no, he I think was, he was, I think well, you mean last night? Well, or was or whenever, he just doing uh, like? Uh, Stuff. I think he died in California. I think their car crash was in yeah. California. But I think they said he was doing some kind of charity for oh, uh, oh, okay. Philippines. I don't know. There's so much shit going on yeah. you know, out there. You don't know what's true or not. But I just wanted to, you know, like I said, it just happened, and we're, you know, movie podcast, and this guy was a, you know, fucking big star. So yeah, and I mean, also, I, you know, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm not. I was never super super familiar with anything. I'm I'm not a Fast and the Furious guy either. But you now I've seen a few and. And you know, Joyride and um, fucking Varsity Blues, yeah. Pleasantville, stuff like that. But, yeah, there's stuff that you probably you don't you don't even because yeah. they're not like something that really stands out. But uh, another guy that uh, you know I personally really respected and really liked watching, and we reviewed uh, one of the movies that he was in, which was uh, Tony Masante. And, well, he uh, died too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but the thing about the, the thing, the differing thing there is, is that the guy was, you know, uh, Tony Masante was, you know, pretty old, and uh, but I really enjoyed his work. I wish he would have done more stuff. What was it? Wasn't was it? Um, oh shit! What was it? The uh, oh my god, uh, Argento movie that he was in. Oh oh um, 
Ah, shit. <laughs> the one we we reviewed the damn thing. Uh, keep going. But the the one thing that um, you know he was on the TV show Toma, and it only ran for I think like uh, one season, and then he he it was a success, and they wanted him to keep doing it. Uh, you know, undercover cop a la Serpico, based on a real guy, uh, and um, uh, he said, you know, I don't want to be tied down in. Uh, movies so or on tv because he wanted to make movies so he quit and that they gave it to robert blake changed the name of it and it became beretta but uh the movie the incident uh with him and uh martin sheen on a uh subway train uh is two fucking asshole bully jerks and they just uh they just basically menace uh, the people on this uh, subway train, a handful of people, including one of them, the main guy is Bo Bridges. Uh, him and his friend are soldiers coming back from, I think, like Vietnam. And yeah. uh, and um, it's just really good. I mean, you talk about a performance. By the time you're done watching that, uh, you will fucking hate his guts and hate Martin Sheen's guts <laughs> and want to fucking beat the shit out of both of them. It's, it's Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Yeah. My brain kept wanting to say Four Flies on Gray Velvet, yeah. and I knew that wasn't it, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, it just sucks that, that you know we have to have a – it's kind of a downer kind of a thing, but I just wanted yeah. to you know, mention it. Well, let's let's up the mood a little. Yeah. Let's talk about Ed O'Neill. Um, so, yeah, first movie of the day, Dutch, 1991. Um. I until two minutes ago <laughs> thought <laughs> fucking all along, and I've seen this movie since the, probably two dozen times since it came out. I always thought John Hughes directed this movie, but he did not direct this movie. He only wrote this movie and then probably produced it. But so Dutch, 1991, directed by Peter Feynman, Feynman, whatever his name is, um, written by John Hughes. Um, to get to know his girlfriend's son. A man volunteers to pick him up from a prep school, only to learn that her son's not the nicest kid. <laughs> um, so, Zom, you had never seen this before. No. What did you think of Dutch? Well, we're going to set a record for this show this week with <laughs> movies that we just don't agree on. Uh, you didn't like this? Uh, oh. No, no, but uh, okay. I'm not going to say, I mean, I wasn't like sitting there going, oh my God, this is fucking horrible, blah, 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 blah. Um, I can see why it's out of print and yeah. why it didn't make as much money. Um, I watched this one first, and there, okay. and, and a la large amount of my review will probably be comparing the two. Um, yeah. We found out that Hughes wrote this one but didn't direct it. I think that, I think it shows. Yeah. Um, Ed O'Neill, um, I've seen him in mostly, you know, Married with Children. That's what he's famous for. And what's the new one? Uh, uh, Modern Family. Modern Family. Um, it just didn't work for me. I mean, I can see, I think that, uh, well, well, put it this way. To me, this... It, <sighs> I don't want to say it's a safer movie because there is some stuff like, you know, getting kicked in the nuts and prostitutes and, and stuff like that. But it just, um, for me, this. Elizabeth Daly is a prostitute. This could easily have been like a made for TV kind of a movie. It just, and it didn't have, when I was, I watched this and there were a few things here and there. That I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that was okay. okay. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that's, 
that was that was all right. And then I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and from beginning to end, I was laying on my bed watching it on my computer and just fucking laughing, busting out laughing. But that's the thing about these kind of movies. Uh, um, it's like my uh, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band versus the Pixies. <laughs> feud with John Ross, <laughs> not feud. We were just I. I was mostly uh, in case some people had noticed by uh, some threads about like uh, sexual exploits or threads about uh, being down about people um, uh, being negative uh, over the holidays. I've uh, the last couple days I've kind of been in sort of a manic mood, which me which has me kind of just shooting from the hip about a lot of shit uh, and making fun of a lot of stuff. Um, this movie, like any comedy or music, like you really like the Pixies, and I just, no matter how much I've listened to them, it just doesn't work for me. It just doesn't hit for me. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing with this. It's all subjective. There are certain things. Because when I was watching it, I was like, and then I saw that Jane watched, said she watched it too, and everything. Like, Man, these guys really like this movie. What am I <laughs> fucking missing here? You know. But it's just that's just the way it is. Something. Well, I, I saw this movie the first time when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. um, right when it came out on video or whatever. And so I will I, I will be early to say um, that I'm sure nostalgia plays a part. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it plays a part in almost every John Hughes movie for me. Right. Um, but this one it, certainly. Uh, you know, this is one that uh, I I had taped off of Showtime or whatever back in the day, and just it was one that would just get popped in all the time and watch it. So it's very familiar to me, which plays a part in it, certainly. Well, it's like playing planes, trains, and automobiles. I probably have seen that movie so many fucking times, but still. Um, but you're talking about two fucking comedy giants, Steve Martin and fucking John Candy, and... When I talked a couple weeks ago about watching uh, Pretty in Pink, um, 16 Candles, and The Breakfast Club, um, all three of those movies directed by John Hughes, Yeah, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles directed by John Hughes, and every single one of them just fucking, the cast, everything, all the way around just fucking really worked for me. This one not directed by him, uh, and you know I don't know if he picked the cast because... Really, Ed O'Neill, as far as movies goes, has never really been successful. I don't think. I mean, no, he's. I mean, I don't. He, he's been. I, I can't in, even He's think been of, like a bit player in some movies that were big successes. Yeah, I can't even think of anything else he even had the lead in. And so I, I think that this was probably a, a smaller budget because um, if it wasn't, you know, I would think that Hughes probably would have directed it and probably it would have had a different cast. Um, it has. Um, he was in K nine. <laughs> yeah, I watched K nine. I know you. Yeah, I watched about four of them. Um, Christopher <laughs> McDonald plays um, plays um, the um, the father of the little boy, and he, of course, he was the total fucking obnoxious elitist asshole in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> so he's really good at that at that role. He wasn't yeah. in it a lot. I mean, there was just uh, uh, the setup scene for the. You know him and his ex-wife and the troubles they're having, and him meeting Ed O'Neill at the party. Okay, when you when basically when it starts out, because I've kind of we, I wouldn't say we got off track, but you know just right off no, the yeah, bat, yeah. what did you think of it? Um, it starts out with uh, this 
lady who's Joe Beth Williams. She's a good actress. I liked her in uh, The Big Chill and probably a lot of other things. I just can't remember. Poltergeist. Yeah. Um, she is at this party and it's like a, like we were saying, you know, the uh, one percenter elitist rich <laughs> family having like a, having a party. And um, you're introduced to her character by these two women that are like, oh, um, how are you? I didn't know you were invited. Um, so she, <laughs> she has married into this shithead, obnoxious, uh, asshole, fan, rich family. And um, so then her and um, Reed Standish, who's played by Christopher McDonald, apparently have gotten a divorce. He's a fucking shithead. He's an asshole. Uh, cheated on her all the time and everything. And they have a kid. Um, so somehow she gets – I never could figure out why she would got invited to the fucking party. But she got invited to the party and um, – I think it must have been a country club thing and maybe – I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. They, could, they, I th- they, they touched on that because it had been a couple years since she had been there. Right. But anyway, she shows up and, um, and um, they – there's still, I guess, like this, no matter if you, when, I think when, if you got a divorce and, uh, no matter if it was even amicable or whatever, you still have that, that, um, thing where you were married, you were divorced, and there's all those hard feelings and everything. So he makes a point of saying something about, oh, you know, you, uh, the, your truck driver, you know, uh, uh, new boyfriend or this and that. And, um, mm-hmm. so <laughs> Ed O'Neill is, uh, a blue it's like a fish out of water he's the blue collar guy um, dutch dooley yes dutch dooley and um it, it, did he have what the hell did he have all over his ass was it chips or something or <laughs> I don't know. He, he he's outside smoking a cigar and he accidentally gets locked out but when he comes in um he the whole time he has like this um you know they're all dressed to the nines, and he basically has, for him, nice clothes on. But compared to what they're wearing, he looks kind of like a rube, I guess, probably to them. And he looks like he's got like he sat down on uh, some potato chips or something. And they're, <laughs> they're like mashed to the ass of his like sport coat, uh, which he doesn't know. And um, so you have this friction between him and uh, Reed Standish, the the father, um, and. He's real dismissive of him and anybody that's not a rich elitist asshole. And so Dutch kind of, you know, is um, – it was weird because uh, when someone the, – the, the, the ex-husband says to him, you know, uh, could you wait over here? Or could you wait outside? I need to talk to my wife. It's personal. And, it, it, you know, you, you're just immediately like, go fuck. I wouldn't have fucking walked. I'd been like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, so anyway – it, you come to find out that um, Natalie, Dutch's um, girlfriend, has a son, and he is living in this uh, exclusive um, uh, boarding school for rich little douchebags. And um, the whole deal was over Thanksgiving, the dad was supposed to get him, and, and he the, the kid just worships the dad. He thinks he's the shit. He thinks... You know, that the mother, of course, it's all her fault because, of course, the dad's probably filling his head full of all this shit. Now, the dad has put up um, the ex-wife in this nice house and, you know, paying for it and everything. And he always holds that over her head, even though his own kid is uh, is um, 
you know, of course, living there, or well, she, he's not living there because he's at the boarding school. He's at boarding but school. But he's he just threatens her and holds it over her head that you know, I'll yeah, that's my house. I, you're living in. I'll kick you out. Blah 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 blah. So anyway, Dutch is you know in the in the inenviable task of being caught in the middle of this shit. I've been in the fucking middle of stuff like that before, and it sucks. And that's one reason that you know it's difficult when you when you are middle aged. You know, going out somebody else. They always have an ex-husband. They always have an ex-boyfriend. They always have kids, and and then you're thrust in the middle of that shit. And it's like, is it fucking worth this shit? And if I was Dutch, I'd have been <laughs> like, fuck you. So anyway, um, he um, decides. He's like, you know what? How about this? I'll go down and well, yeah, well, the, so the well, yeah, the kid is a jerk, oh, yeah, just like his dad, and he um, he tries to dad, emulate his dad. Well, yeah, and the dad has he he's going on a, a business trip, and uh, the kid was going to spend Thanksgiving with him, but he and he has to go to London for something, and you know he he then puts it on mom. He's like, well, uh, we were going to do it, but she's like, haven't you told him? He's like, eh, I figured you could handle it. And so the kid, after that awkward phone conversation, because he kind of resents his mom too for oh, he resents for, sh- he 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 has blinders on and just worships. He thinks his dad's like tough and the way a man should be and his, and his his hero but he really fucking looks down on his mom like you know it's all your fault you should have tried you didn't even try blah 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 blah, blah not yeah, realizing so, that the dad that he worships is a fucking piece of shit right so he's refusing to get on the plane to fly up from Georgia up to Chicago for and he's for a little shithead to the other kids oh, God, I mean I, I'm surprised he didn't get well yeah, I was going to say I'm surprised he didn't get his ass beat but he knows karate. Yeah, they show him. He's he practices fucking like taekwondo and this stuff and everything. But he's just a little asshole. And I mean, the other kids, he, the one other kid even tries to be his friend, tries to be nice to him, but he's such a jerk. You know, he's like, yeah. "Oh, you just got into school because your father works here or something like that." You know, he's just yeah. really a butthole. <coughs> so <laughs> I love the word butthole. Yeah, Dutch uh, gets in his big goddamn uh, luxury. Uh, I don't know if it's a fucking Lincoln. Club. I think that's a. I think it's a rental because I think he yeah. flies down and then gets a rental. This big fucking like Lincoln big boat. Yeah, and uh, he's a cigar smoking. You know, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny when he's driving down the road and he's fucking singing and shit. You know, playing the harmonica on his on his butterfinger. Yeah. Oh god, he's playing a harmonica and it was a fucking candy bar. He was just, <laughs> he was air harmonicing, I guess, or candy bar harmonicing. Um, so he goes to pick the kid up and. He's the kid is doing something else, and he's just goes in his room, and he's just kind of like looking around, laughing, like you know, oh, boys will be boys. He's got the you know, sports stuff, and he's got this, and he's got that. And then when um, Doyle, who was the kid, comes in, you know, he immediately is like, you know, he thought it was his dad, and when he turns right, he's never met this Dutch before in his life, and so then there's this just this strange guy standing there, so he fucking just attacks him. And that was pretty, I don't know, you know, it's, <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of fucking ridiculous. Because, I, you know, honest to God, if, uh, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it because it's a movie and you suspend disbelief and everything. But, I mean, if a kid would have come over and started a show, I, I mean, you know, I would, I don't know, whatever. I guess the kid's fucking supposed to be goddamn some karate fucking expert. But he's just a little kid. He's only like... 13, 14 years old. Well, it, it, it certainly would have caught him by surprise. And though, he, hits, he hits him first with a golf club. Yeah. 
But I mean, st- still, somebody hit me with a fucking golf club. I'd be fighting for my life. I'd probably <laughs> fucking knock that kid out. I'd have tried to I'd have punched him in the throat. So, I mean, but you're, 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 the- there ain't no 14-year-old kid in the world. I don't give a fuck if he is a master of martial arts. Just the size difference. You could fucking take him out with one fucking kick or one fucking punch, or just grab him and bear him down to the ground and fucking headbutt him and everything else. Well, to use to use Ed, o- Ed O'Neill's quote in it, he did mash his testes. I know. So anyway, I think the word testicles or testes appears like five times. Yeah, there's a lot of ball kicking and ball trauma. <laughs> um, so the one one of the parts that I did find pretty funny was. Um, when Dutch finally, uh, you know, lets me know that, you know, the kid is like, I'm not going, I'm not going, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. And the kid never cusses or anything. That was me saying it'd probably been better if he would have, uh, but he was, his upbringing was too great. Um, when he, um, comes walking out of the school and how he has the kids subdued was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> but he was just uh, a little shithead. He kind of had I used to always make me laugh that part where he said uh, he would he was talking to him and you just hear the kid in the back going Oh, kicking and screaming, I see. You know. Stop it. So, just stop. He puts him in the back seat and he's got him all tied up. He had him kind of hog tied to a hockey stick like a like a pig on a spit. And he carries him out and puts him in the back seat. So then he fucks with him a little bit. Like he'll jam on the brakes and the kid will come flying off the seat with his hands tied and everything and <laughs> land on the ground or against the back seat and everything. Um, and then it's just pretty much a, a perpetual like road trip where yeah. Dutch is trying to win the kid over. The kid's a fucking piece of shit. And he, um, there's, they, they, they have their little battle of wills on several different occasions with the radio, with the heat, with the windows, uh, Dutch smoking, uh, and shit like that. Now, but, and, and then he really, because he, he loves Joe Beth Williams, uh, Dutch. He really wants to make this work. And, so, and he's like, you know, shit, he's got to be, how old do you think he is in this movie? Ed O'Neill? Yeah. Is forty something, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, he's been around the block. He's a man of the world, and he knows that this kid's just a little shithead, and that you know, it's he's he's got to try and be because, like, when I said, you know, if the kid attacked you, you just fucking you know do whatever. He knows that first of all, he's a kid. Second yeah, of all, he's a shithead. You can't hit the kid. You don't. You're not going to win him over that way. And so he knows that he kind of has to try and use his noggin to try and come up with some things so he starts thinking okay how can i um what what do kids like and and he's kind of a big kid himself and he's like what do kids like so he stops this a great big fireworks store and i thought it was cool how (laughs) the kids eyeballs light up even though he's trying not to let on that he's like you know it's like if you took a kid to a casino with all the slot machines and all the color and the flashing lights and everything Mm -hmm. um but Dutch goes in and gets a whole fucking giant bag of fireworks and they go down the road and they find this big field and the kid just, you know, the kid has made up his mind. He's going to be a shithead. He's not going to, you know, cause he's not stupid either. He, he, I think he kind of thinks, okay, he's going to trying to win me ever. Fuck him. And he sets <laughs> off these fireworks and, and that totally just did not fucking work for me. No. Ed O'Neill was trying to fucking like, uh, <laughs> 
dance around, make faces, and do all this stuff, and and it was just kind of like, eh. um, and the, the one yeah, time I thought it was funny when he had like the Roman candle and he was doing the the, the like like it put it on top of his head and he's like ah hits the top of his head he shoots one out of his ass that was pretty uh, it what I like about Ed O'Neill in this and I think this movie works best for me as uh, an Ed O'Neill vehicle is that I, I I like him throughout the whole movie he's really entertaining to me and the the you know him doing these goofy little things and acting like a big kid is what I really like him. Like, you know, when the kids are complaining about something and Ed O'Neill starts singing that whiny version of like, I'm so lonesome. I could cry. You know, that he's just fucking bad. I mean, it was was, was bad on purpose though. It was funny. But for me, I mean, I'm not talking about the singing. I was like, it was just not, it just was not fucking funny at all. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. You know, uh, and not even not funny in a bad way. It was it was like I th- I would think if they would have taken like um, Bill Murray would have fucking played Dutch or uh, you know I don't know just somebody who's like a really uh, good comedian. Uh, I think Bill Murray is too. Bill Murray would be too because uh, he always Bill plays Murray like a sleazy stuff, guy. He didn't work either. You know, I've seen him in some stuff where you know it just wasn't right for, especially like Garfield. Fucking me, ugh. Um, but <laughs> so anyway, um, they continue on down the road, and you have you know several times where uh, the kid just does some shit that is just inexcusable, and that you almost have to like Ed O'Neill even tells this one guy. He says, you know, this policeman. He says, you know, I thank you for you know not taking this any further because. Uh, you know the kid's got some problems and blah 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 blah. So he, at least he is, um, you know, kind of seeing that this kid's a damaged fucking kid. Yeah. And so he's not, you know, because the kid does some stuff. First of all, that could seriously avenge. I mean, think if he would have hit him in Ed O'Neill in the fucking head or the face with that golf club and stuff, and cause him to wreck the fucking car, throwing fucking a cigarette light uh, car lighter in his light crotch, in yeah. Crotch and and then the kid does the thing where. Um, well, first of all, he he starts throwing these giant fucking mud clods at the car, <laughs> and Ed O'Neill just he says, "Uh, you know, if you don't get in a car, I'm fucking just gonna leave your goddamn ass." And he says, "About forty fucking miles up the road," so he just leaves this kid, which was pretty weird considering you know that you have these <laughs> pedophiles and fucking serial killers and scumbags out there, and Ed O'Neill just now I could see myself doing that and just pulling up the road far enough to where I could. You know, like watch. I don't it. think it was. I don't think it was quite when he said no, about fifty 40 miles. miles. But still, I think it was probably a few miles. But the kid, <laughs> uh, the kid um, does a does something with their car that was like I was like Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I think I would have had the kid put in a goddamn mental institution. <laughs> I I thought Ed O'Neill yelling at him in this in the hotel after that. I thought that was I thought that was a really well done scene. I like that. But then the the whole thing with the okay, you know, you think you can kick my ass? You know, I'll give you the first punch. Or that was good up until that point, and then when they did that, it was just back to you know, okay, this is <laughs> so anyway, they. Um, he comes up with a with an idea that this little rich puss uh who's never had to work a day in his life and everything and and he's like okay you know I we're, we're going to rough it we're going to I'm going to show him what it's like to 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 go without anything so he he says well we'll just hitchhike mm-hmm. and so then that's when you get um 
uh, little big tits. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, God, she was so hot in this movie. And what the fuck is a chick named Brock? Yeah, that's kind of bad. I don't like that name. Yeah, that was kind of weird because the only – well, I knew uh, Brock Peters, who was also in the incident with Tony Masante. Uh, and uh, Lou Brock, who was like the Ricky Henderson of his day, stole more bases than anybody. And Brock from The Young and, or Young and the Restless. Anyway, which are all guys. So they, they uh, hitch a ride with these two chicks, and uh, uh, um, the one seems like she's maybe a little bit younger, and she's in the back seat with the boy. With oh, she was hot too. Yeah, and um, and then Elizabeth Daly's driving, and Ed O'Neill's up front with that fucking car, man. That uh, the IROC Z, <laughs> and it's it's funny that uh, I thought uh, that I, I thought of it when I saw this movie because I was listening to. Um, Jim Cornette's second podcast yeah. this week. Um, so an IROC Z is the first uh, car I ever test drove huh. when I was 16 years old. Um, and that was where my dad's, this car couldn't pull a greasy oh, string out yeah. of a cat's ass line came from. And Jim Cornette fucking used that line to, to court Bauer in the second. He's like, well, he's like, you're not, you don't have any sway. You couldn't pull a greasy string out of a cat's ass. I was a little <laughs> dis- disappointed with the, Second Jim Cornette show is either second or have they put out a third one yet? There's a third one now. Okay, yeah. with the one was like 20 minutes of fucking promoing. Uh, you can find me here. You can do this. Oh yeah, yeah. that was the second one. <laughs> and then there was, and then at the end they did that again. So there was only about 20 minutes of fucking content. But to move wow. on, they get in the car with these two chicks, and uh, you know they're God, talking. I wonder what the inside of that car smelled like. Uh, Probably fucking like old cigars and old cigarettes and jizz. water perfume. <laughs> um, and so. The kid has never. Well, first of all, the, you can tell that the kid. Okay, he's definitely. If he's fourteen, he's two years into like puberty. So yeah. you know, hot chicks. He probably and it's like an all boys school. I'm pretty sure that he was at. So Ed O'Neill kind of tantalizes him a few times with this deck of uh, <laughs> nudie uh, cards, uh, <laughs> like playing cards. So he's sitting in the back seat, and of course dun, these dun, chicks dun, are looking dun, pretty oughy. Kids like taking sneak peeks at the chick's tits and stuff, you know, when she's not looking and everything. And you have that kind of conversation flirt. And of course, you know, he's in love. He's like, Oh my God, it's like, it's a female and all oh, her pussy smells good. And I'd like to fuck her and blah, 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 blah. And so then Ed O'Neill kind of figures out that, uh, these two chicks are, are, uh, working girls. <laughs> and, uh, you have the ones, well, it just kind of goes along, and they end up that they're, I thought at first, you know, that they were kind of, you know, even though they were prostitutes, that everything's going to be kosher because Ed O'Neill's kind of like, he's got the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Like, yeah. man, I like to fuck the shit out of Elizabeth Daly, but her, my girlfriend's kids in the back seat. And uh, so he, he, you know, it was like, oh, Jesus. Um, they eventually find that uh, they're two, um, uh, not it wouldn't be heroes, but heroines that saved them by driving them are are not on the up and up, and uh, they get kind of uh, ripped off. Yeah, they get all their shit stolen. Yeah, and uh, that's yeah that, that that that's really that's where they now have to find their way home. But but they they kind of have their 
their male pride at that point. They're not going to call mom for help. They're going to make yeah. it the rest of the way. And um, so that he 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 definitely he does a one thing where you know the kid thinks you know I've got the upper hand. He, they make these little bets, and the kid keeps winning, and you know. Uh, on just different things, but Ed O'Neill f- at one point he, he starts eating his brec- eating breakfast and everything, and, and uh, he goes, "Well, what are you going to do about it or something?" He goes, "Well, I can do one thing, I can pay for my breakfast." So <laughs> he he basically starts starving the kid to 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 show him, you know, okay, you know, I, I you, you don't have all the power, you know, I can fucking fuck with you. Um, there was a uh, a scene that. Um, they start looking worse and worse. There was one scene that did make me laugh because there's uh, there's nothing funnier than when someone busts their ass, uh, like uh, on ice or something like that, and their legs go flying up in the air. And um, Ed O'Neill that totally would have happened to me. Yeah, he he did that I think a couple times in this movie, and the one time was pretty funny because when he did it, he had these corduroy brown corduroy pants on, and when he when he was on his knees, he was like, oh. Uh, the whole ass of his pants were completely split out. That was that was sort of funny. It was funny when the kid said something to him, and, uh, and Ed O'Neill just simply turns around and like shows him his ass through the hole. In yeah, his yeah. <laughs> um, but this this is after all a um, a Thanksgiving movie in mm-hmm. the you know no matter what, and so you know that this little kid who's a fucking peckerhead and everything he meets up with the the uh, you know blue collar guy who's had to work all his life and everything, and Ed O'Neill's proud proud of you know that even though his his family didn't have money and his like mom worked and supported him and stuff like that, and you know uh, the kid's been brought up to look down on everybody, and he just kind of sees this kid as you know uh, damaged goods from a from a a, a family that's priorities are totally out of order plus he's got this comes from a, a broken home and and it's not the kid's fault so it's hard for him there's times where he wants that he does kind of blow up or wants to blow up even worse i guarantee yeah. you a lot but the whole thing is to try and win him over and you know that by being exposed uh to dutch the kid is seeing uh, a new perspective and blah 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 and you and you have some things that come along that are, um, um, I don't know, kind of like you know when you said like the. Ho- I'm surprised this wasn't a Christmas movie where you yeah, kind of yeah. have the holiday, uh, the the Christmas uh, spirit kind of a a thing and how things wrap up and this and that. But uh, anyway, um, I don't want to you know expose. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot more. But uh, since you really fucking really like this movie, tell me some <laughs> thoughts. Well, well, I don't. I like I said. I think it's. I think it's. It's Ed O'Neill that wins this movie for me because the kid is annoying. But um, I just. I really like. I hated the his, kid like in an X Pac X Pac way when they say <laughs> you know it's like X Pac heat. You know, a wrestler, a bad guy wants to get heat to where you want to see him get beat because you hate him. And X-Pac, people hated him in a way that they just wanted to change the channel. (laughs) (laughs) So you just wanted to change the channel because of this kid. The kid could have been maybe cuter or I don't know. or I don't know what. It just was like, God, I I hate this kid. And I I really like, I like the way Ed O'Neill kept calling him different names. Uh, like Duncan and and uh, Dan and stuff like that. Even I mean, it's obvious he knows what the kid's name is. Um, the 
the first line I think that made me really laugh with Ed O'Neill. Well, uh, you know, when when he's at the party, that was kind of funny stuff. When he like flips the caviar off the cracker and stuff like that, kind of establishing who he is. I love the line when the kids like, "I'm not going anywhere," and Ed O'Neill's line. Uh, so you, what are you going to do? You're just going to watch the football game, eat a turkey sandwich, hang yourself in the toilet. <laughs> and I thought of you, Zom. Mm. <laughs> it would have been funnier. Sure. Oh, hanging yourself in the toilet would be funny. <laughs> yeah, because I would like to fucking write, I love you, loaf, right before I died. I have a picture of you with my jizz all over it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. That's, That's our secret. Prick. Um, the... Uh, the that that battle what you were talking about the battle over the heat and the radio that reminded me of another John Hughes scene and um reminded me of uh, just me and Justin uh, fucking driving on the road <laughs> in your do you you've seen European Vacation I assume yeah um in uh, European Vacation when the whole family is arguing over um different they're getting on each other's nerves in a car and uh, um. Clark is like flipping an ashtray back open and closed and the mom's Beverly D'Angelo's rattling the newspaper and stuff like that. But it kind of reminded me of that scene. He probably pulled that from the same thing. Um, uh, my wife and I always laugh about really shitty looking hotels <laughs> when we're driving uh, to various places. And the one they stay in, in the middle of this, when the kid pulls the car stunt mm. is a pretty shitty looking hotel. Which it looks I like the one I stayed in in Columbus. Yeah, it kind of looked. It almost. It kind of reminded me of the one you stayed at in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm um, telling you what. Those those two chicks that came out of that place, they had. They looked more like hookers than the two chicks in this movie. And some dude picked them up in a fucking limousine. And I mean, they had some short ass tight skirts on. I told Justin, I go, Jesus Christ, let's look at those two chicks. I said, Jesus Christ, they they gotta be fucking hookers or strippers or something <laughs> nobody dresses like that nobody i know when the when you were talking about how uh when ed o'neill said i could pay for my breakfast that always made me laugh when uh he's out there and he's just like the, the the i love the angle of it because it's obviously from the kid's perspective but the camera's like right up his nose like the ed o'neill's nose almost he burps and he's like mm, nothing burps better than bacon and he says your water looked tasty <laughs> it did make me kind of hungry <laughs> um the 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 where, where the movie does slow down um after it's hard to speed up it that's right the after the <laughs> scene with um with the two prostitutes um where you're kind of like doing the life lesson kind of stuff I didn't really like the scene with the night watchman. I thought that was kind of like I felt that felt a little tacked on yeah. um but it was kind of funny with them uh you know, hitching a ride on a semi truck with the pipes on the back and Ed O'Neill walking looked like me getting up in the morning out of <laughs> he's all hunched over in pain. Um, but the, uh, I don't know. Ed, o, Ed O'Neill for me is the, is the, the movie for me. Um, I, I'm glad that the kid's an asshole because it lets him be an asshole back in a, in a more grown up kind of way. I think it would have been funny is if, um, it went through some different stages of the kid uh, being a dick, uh, winning, like if they made a bet, winning, or doing some karate thing, or doing this and that and everything. And then just at one point when they were sitting in the car and the kid's sitting there all like kind of smug and being a dick and everything, if Ed O'Neill would have just fucking hit him in the shoulder <laughs> as hard as he could and the kid, you know, when 
when like you get hit like when you were a kid and say your dad punches you in the shoulder or somebody does so hard that you try not to show it, but it, it hurts so fucking bad. You, you, you just want to cry. And that kid would have <laughs> shut the fuck up. It would have changed his attitude. And like Ed O'Neill could have changed that kid's attitude real from the very beginning. Or with his uh, with his ring, and I, I like the ongoing. Well, story I don't think about- he had any fucking ring, but that, <laughs> like, I'm glad that that finally came into play. Yeah, that was funny when he said he said to the kid early on, he's like, "You a lot there." <laughs> he said, "You got a problem because the last guy that punched me uh, has a dent in his forehead the size of my ring, and he dribbles when he smiles." Yeah. <laughs> and then fucking uh, McDonald, McDonald is that his last name? Uh, with the <laughs> I like the touch of having the little dimple in his head. <laughs> that was a funny scene. So the um I we can we could just rate it. I'm not gonna try to win you over. No, on this no, one. I mean you can't. <laughs> I know. Um I thought I mean this is just really milk toast for me and it, it just it did it didn't um I hate to say tickle my fucking funny bone, but it was hard for me to find. I thought a lot of it really was forced, and I think that the uh, the casting just wasn't that great. I, I do you like Ed O'Neill? I watched Married with Children a lot. I thought he was funny on that. I haven't yeah. really seen the only only that like Modern Family. I only saw the first time I've ever seen any of it was like last week, and the only thing that caught my attention was that. Spanish chick had this real tight shirt on with this great big tits. And she, uh, I looked at my friend Randy and I said, Jesus Christ, that chick is nothing but tits and ass. <laughs> Holy cow. But um, I thought it's funny as hell on Married with Children. Um, it just, I, I could see, like I said, I think if Hughes directed it and uh, it would have been If Hughes directed tighter. it and had, and had some of his, where a lot of his movies work well is having the sideline characters be interesting like even in like well think about like ferris bueller you know it's mostly the three kids in that movie but then you have like the guys that steal his car the guys at the the garage yeah and it's like this movie didn't really have anybody like memorable on the side outside of dotty and in the irock z but this and i know like i said i know hughes didn't direct this but i would say this this um this episode of sylvan gold could have been called great hughes and Meh, Hughes. Um, if I had to rate this, I would give it. Uh, uh, 4.75. Just, oh, just a little less than average. Almost average. <laughs> I yeah. give it a 7. I give it a seven. It's always been a solid movie for me, yeah. and I really, I that's really. That's all like that matters. Anymore. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I'll watch it again. Damn it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's take a break and come back and do probably one that we'll agree on a little more. <laughs> Planes, trains, and automobiles. We'll be right back. All right, man. We really got to record a promo for this thing. Should we write a script for this? Nah, fuck it, man. We'll do it live. Hey, folks, this is El Goro. And this is the Cancer Man. And we are the hosts of Talk Without Rhythm. The only podcast that will not attract the worm. That really doesn't explain what we do. Well, we watch two movies a week, we review them, we bullshit, and sometimes we say something funny. Yeah, but most of the time we just piss people off. Well, the American film viewing public can't handle most of what we have to say. But if you think you can, you can find us on iTunes if you do a search for Talk Without Rhythm. You could also find us on our website, TWORpodcast.com. 
podcast.blogspot.com, baby. Deuces. sure that one's a road trip or thanksgiving song. <laughs> who is that who's that song uh that is ryan did that it's babes in toyland i thought maybe it was that one chick uh, hot or not oh no i don't i don't know i don't know who that is i don't know if i've heard her music before I've, the blonde chick you're talking no, about the one that looks uh, like a gremlin no 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 not the blonde one the the oh. dark haired one that uh oh uh, no i don't know honestly i don't know i listened I, to I, her she they were pretty good all right, next movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Would you like to introduce? A man must struggle to travel home for Thanksgiving with an obnoxious slob of a shower ring salesman, <laughs> his only companion. It's kind of a, I don't know, gets down to it. Dig it. Dig it. Um, Boogie so. Woogie Man, Kingfish Cheralala. That's Boogie Woogie Man. I couldn't think of how he talked last week. We were trying to did think about. Ha- did you look it up? Laying on the floor underneath a glass coffee table, bitch, shitting on a thing. <laughs> Handsome Jimbo from Mempho. Yeah. Um, Doesn't so have anything is- to do with planes, trains, or automobiles. But can you imagine if Steve Martin would have been driving down the road with the Boogie Woogie Man? Jimmy Valiant, like with a big long beard, you know. Or if, or if John Candy shit on a glass table. Yeah, he wakes up and there's fucking like underneath a coffee table with shit. <laughs> shit. Anyway, um, so this is this one is directed by John Hughes as well as written by. Um, and it stars, uh, probably will be better remembered in the comedy Hall of Fame. Uh, Steve Martin than uh, more than Ed O'Neill would be Steve Martin I have and John one Candy. Question, not to sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Is Steve Martin on Twitter? Is that really Steve Martin? If you look look on his um, on the profile page, and if they have a little blue check, yeah, that means that it's it it's was him. He responded. Uh, he said something last night, and and I just put a I can't remember what he said, and I just put oh Steve, and he actually responded. So <laughs> uh, I don't know what's what's the what's the Twitter handle? It's what's it's his? got the blue check. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. What did he say? Steve what did Martin you go? Well, let's see. You've, you've had a conversation now with Steve. Oh, Martin. well, the conversation. It was. Just, I, I don't even. I don't know how to work this. Like where you find, where you talk to them. <laughs> it's probably down here at the bottom. Uh, Jim Cornette. The only reason I got back on there is to send Jim Cornette something for their show. Yeah, yeah. And you know, of course, that's the only thing. Yeah, he hadn't responded for shit. Steve Martin. Okay. Uh, conversation. It wasn't a conversation. I just said, oh, Steve. 
But he, he said it's never too late to arrive early on the planet Zorn. And I put, oh, Steve. And I can't remember what the fuck he said in return. It doesn't sound <laughs> here now. He responded, I swear to God. I swear. Um, oh, he said something like, oh, I know, I'm crazy or something like that. The um, Blah, blah. He's, uh, so, him and J.J. Dillon are my new two best nice. friends. Nice. So, so, so Steve Martin plays Neil. Neil Page. Um, Neil is a... He's an ad man. Um, I don't. They don't really say if he's kind of the idea guy or the graphic designer or what. Um, but uh, he he must be pretty important because he travels to New York to get jobs and stuff. Even though his family lives in Chicago, um, it's a couple days before Thanksgiving, and he's trying to get out of town. He's uh, in New York at the beginning. He's trying to get out of town to make it home in time for Thanksgiving. Catch a flight. Blah blah blah. And. Um, in uh, uh, even you know when, when we were talking even um, uh, talking in Dutch about having interesting characters around yeah little side characters yeah even uh, even the guy that played the dad in uh, in Ferris Bueller he's in this and and uh, it's even a cool little scene right at the beginning when it's silent in the room and the big boss man is sitting oh up at, like, my on god his that desk. boss man <laughs> and he just leans up he's like. And then he and then he sits back again, and uh, I love that I love that scene when oh what is that guy's name though he he was in I'm gonna look him up the guy played the dad and first Bueller yeah he um he uh, he uh, he, he's like you'll never make the six you know he's it's such a jerk but it's little touches like that or like another one Edie McClurg and the redheaded lady you know she she plays in Ferris Bueller she's the the secretary to the vice principal. And in this one, uh, she's the uh, very brief moment, but she's at the counter of the, I get the the feeling in this by watching it, you you know, and, and the other day when I watched it, um, I hadn't seen it in a while that, you know, John Hughes, of course, wrote it and he directed and everything. But I, I get the feelings on several things in this that, um, because like Steve Martin and John Candy are, in my opinion, comic geniuses that he kind of trusted their instincts on lots mm-hmm. of things in this. They, they work very well together. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long they had known each other at this point, but they certainly seem like old friends, even though they play, you know, guys that are really getting on each other's nerves for one reason or another. Well, there, here's another good example. Back to the other thing. Ouch. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> making a little appearance. I forgot about he's a that. Little, a little bastard. I for, he's not even credited in the movie, but he's in there uh, racing down the street. <laughs> With that smug. He, he, he always has a little turned up nose anyway, but he's got that <laughs> smug look on his fucking face. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Anything um, is good with bacon. <laughs> it's true. Nothing burps better than bacon. The you, um, may be, you may be a vegetarian. God, I love bacon. Would you suck Kevin Bacon's cock if it tasted <laughs> like bacon? <laughs> hmm. I won't have to think That's long on that to probably say yes. <laughs> there you go. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> and his bowls tasted like fucking unpasteurized cheese from France. Ugh. <laughs> that, that, that would not be a good one. Uh, no, you know um, what? I, I, of course, sidetrack thing. Uh, the movie Munich, when uh, Eric Bana's character is in, I think it's France, uh, and he's uh, hiding out with the rich guy that's financing him. Um, he 
they give him some wine and cheese, and he goes, "Oh my God, this cheese is so delicious!" And he said, uh, "The re- he goes, you Americans are so used to that pasteurized stuff, and mm-hmm. with all the preservatives and stuff, that this stuff must really taste when it doesn't have all that done to it. It must really fucking taste. You would probably jizz like in your <laughs> own fucking mouth. Nice, all I'll over your it. face. It's probably hard to get here, though. Yeah, well, but fucking um, thanks a lot, Louis Pasteur." <laughs> Back to sure. and automobiles. The um, the so uh, Dell Griffith played by um, is, I'm still trying to figure out the dad's name. <laughs> Fucking um, Lyman Ward. That's his name, Lyman Ward. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, played by John Candy, Dell Griffith. Um, you see him briefly. Uh, Steve Martin comes out and he has this conversation with this real douchebag lawyer guy that wants 50 bucks for his cab because Steve Martin can't get one during rush hour to make the airport in time. And uh, while they're arguing or making the transaction, I wonder, did the guy keep his money after the cab oh, yeah. drove off? Because Steve Martin <laughs> took off after... Uh, he, didn't, he didn't fucking... You know. Get, get it back, yeah. They, so, uh, but John Candy's face when. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin looks in the door and John Candy's like, <laughs> and it's a nice touch when the cab drives off, drives off and the camera's just focused on this like oily puddle on the side of the road that the cab is just driven through. But, um, so, uh, Steve like Martin Steve finally Martin's makes it to wor- like when honky tonk man's talked about, uh, ultimate warrior. And he said at, at first when he would run to the ring, he'd run as fast as he could. And by the time he got to the ring, he was all blown up. And he said, he goes, I told him, he said, don't run to the ring, work running to the ring. And when Steve Martin is chasing after the cab with, uh, like a, a garment bag in one hand and his, and his, uh, uh, anti case or whatever in the other hand, <laughs> yeah. and he's running, he fucking sells it because he looks so funny. You his know? arms are kind of wagging around. Yeah. yeah. That's my cab. It reminded me that I've seen him do that move before when he's uh, doing stand up or something where he kind of like does his shoulders and his arms out to yeah. the side. Can, <laughs> That's how he runs he can too. Do physical accommodate. Um, so S- Steve Martin finally makes it to the uh, to the airport, and that's where he sees he ends up sitting right across from Dell, um, who is <laughs> who is oddly reading this book called The Canadian Mountain. <laughs> 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 I don't know where that one came from. But that was a pretty funny. A funny book, a looking book, and but um, you know they, you know he's like, I know you from somewhere, don't I? And I, you know I love how he always plays uh, John Candy. He always plays this kind of like charming guy that you kind of end up feeling sorry for. I mean, he's very, he's he's very, uh, he's very charming on the screen all the time, even when he's annoying. And you always, he, he's very good at, or was very good at making you kind of feel sorry for his characters at times. Um, he played, uh, you know, he, he always felt like an underdog in a way. And he does in this, too. I mean, he's a guy that travels around and freaking sells shower curtain rings. Yeah, that was but it, I mean, I know it's funny, but I mean, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, I, 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 it's a little far-fetched. You can just go to the store and buy some plastic fucking. Well, but I guess if you were selling, like, to big hotels. hotels and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. No, yeah, the hotel managers don't want to go out to Target and buy... Seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, I guess there's a, a job for pretty much anything. But, um, but they end up sitting beside each other on the plane, even much to the chagrin of of uh, 
I can I keep saying Steve Martin. I should just call him by his character by of Neil. Um, and um, <laughs> I love that scene where he's taking his socks off. And that dude sitting beside Steve Martin. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. This old man, <laughs> yeah, with a huge mustache. I love that candy selling taking his shoes aside. He's like, oh, <laughs> the dogs are barking. And he's whipping his sock around. <laughs> Uh, and he's even faking sleeping at one point. He's leaning over on uh, on Neil, and then he just opens like one eye, and, and he says something like, six bucks at my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago, <laughs> which is another more testicle talk. <laughs> Nothing wrong with but, that, uh, as far as I'm concerned. True, true. Um, but uh, it, it was kind of weird that the lights are out on this flight. It's a 6 p.m. flight in November, so yes, it's going to be dark, but this is a flight from New York to Chicago. This can't be more than like a two or three hour flight. And people, the lights are out and people are asleep on this damn thing. Like it's an overnight flight. I'm telling you though, when it, when I'm on a plane, if it's dark outside, I can, I'll fall asleep in two fucking seconds. <laughs> now, if I'm in the, in the airport for like 12 hours eating cheese curds, maybe not. Oh God. Warm cheese curds. How did I not get food poisoning? Oh, this that thing's day? been in there. Oh, <laughs> um, tolerance. And we get a little another cameo by uh, old uh, evolution denier Ben Stein in there. Uh, <laughs> a fucker. Now, how, I mean, okay, Ben Stein is somewhat, I guess, a, a, a comedian. The guy wrote like speeches for Richard Nixon. Yeah, he's a fucking yeah. like war criminal. <laughs> clear, dry eyes. I kind of like to fuck him. Win my money. I was like, like, if you were in prison and they fucking put Ben Stein in there with you, he'd be so dull you wouldn't even want to gay fuck him, rape him. You know? <laughs> Wait, I wouldn't want to do that anyway. Your dick is hurting my butt. <laughs> it's in my drama. So they, um, I'm a fascist. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, he's weird. Ben Stein's a weird one because sometimes he seems like, I don't know. He sometimes he seems like he's on the good guy side, and then he like does something like says evolution's not real. So never know. Can't figure out that guy. Um. So uh, when they 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 have to get diverted, which it, it it does indeed happen. Chicago is closed due to inclement weather, so they can't land. They have to land in Nebraska. I think is where they land first. They have to basically fly over Illinois and land somewhere in the Midwest. So Chicago is apparently going to be closed for a while, which probably wouldn't happen either. They're not going to close an airport for three days, but you know, we wouldn't have a movie then. So the airport's closed <laughs> for the, t- for the time being. And now, um, you know, uh, Dell, he's got a little more of the road smarts about, and, and he's more of a personable guy. He's not as uptight as, and, and I mean, that comes across in their characters right from the beginning, but the, he's not as much of an uptight guy, so he's more of a you know he's made friends. He knows guys that own small motels and stuff like that, and um, he's a little better at at finding a ride. He knows or, Boogie the taxi driver. That taxi, Bobby Bobby's Taxiola. Was it Bobby? I thought it was Boogie. Well, the, on, the, on the side something. of the, it, oh, I thought it said Bobby's Taxiola. I don't even know the guy's name on the inside, but it was this giant freaking like. Is it Pontiac, a Bonneville? Oh, it's huge. Fucking like lights. It's like a low rider taxi cab. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it was on hydraulics. It had pom poms <laughs> hanging off the ceiling and fucking like hair metal playing inside. That was pretty funny. But they get a ride. They have to stay in this motel. And there's only 
only one room left. And, um, I mean, at this point, they're kind of stuck together. And there's several times in the movie, which is always funny, that he always tries to get rid of, of Dell in some one way or another, he, even as far as saying, all right, I'm just going to travel my alone. And he, they always end up back together again. I mean, they are going to the same place. So I guess Doobie it kind of makes sense. What's his name? It was a Doobie's taxi. Yeah, Doobie. Oh, I thought it said Bobby's. That's weird. Um, <laughs> Steve Martin is really fucking hairy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and gray hair, too. But that fucking gross bathroom, man, they went in their first hotel and he's showering in there and Steve Martin has to step out of the shower and Dell has already used up all of the, <laughs> all the towels and everything. And there's this perfect squish sound as he's stepping out of the shower onto this wet towel. It's like, and the water squishing out like between his toes, but he has to dry himself off of the washcloth, which I've always, I've, that one's always made me really laugh. <laughs> I've done that in my own fucking too. house. Cause I <laughs> forgot to have put towels in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that too. Mm. Um, the, uh, and that, that one of my favorite scenes is that when they realize they have to stay in bed together and this, it, it leads to the iconic, those aren't pillows moment. But, uh, even when they have to re- when they realize they have to sleep in the same bed because it's the last room in the whole whole hotel and they're just looking at each other like they're almost like a crash zoom in their face and they're like looking back and forth at each other at this small bed and um, but Dell has this really horrific preparation for sleeping, <laughs> cracking his knuckles and fucking snorting. <laughs> now, <laughs> what was it he was doing? When it was like, it sounded like sandpaper rubbing on something. He was scratching his balls. Is that what it was? Yeah, he was no. scratching his big gut. Or his, I'm sure he's scratching his balls, but it just, yeah, it was, he was like, reach down and you could just hear that digging. You just see, you just see Steve Martin's like, you just see him, his face, and he's bumbled up. He's got his back turned to Dell, and the whole bed starts shaking. He's like, <laughs> you know that sound, and that's when he starts snorting and stuff, and you know, they wake up the next morning and Dell's got fucking like cracker jacks all in the bed and uh, his Kent cigarettes out laid out on the nightstand. It's just gross. But that's the whole, you know, the, those aren't pillows scene, blah, blah, blah. But that was, it was funny after that happened. They both go, they both jump out. Like, oh, did you see that Bears game last week? Uh, hell of a game, hell of a game. Good team this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's know what? Hard. Honest to God, that, that was, when I was watching this, are you still there? Yes. Okay, I thought I just clipped off the goddamn Skype. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that this that scene, the one thing that re- it reminded me of, is when we went to Whorehound and opened up the fucking door, and there was a big single bed, in there, and you and me had to sleep in the same. Bed. <laughs> that was all right, my, and we made Mikey sit in the chair. But we didn't let him cuddle between because us because it's just like okay, really, even though we had done this show for like so long. I had never like actually met you, and I'm thinking this guy's gonna think that I did this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, and I was like, so I I don't know if I'm homophobic or what, but I was so uncomfortable sleeping. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you got you got more comfortable because you were definitely a snorer. Well, yeah. Well, once I was out. Um. <laughs> So yeah, and I I like the scene back in the shitty bathroom the next morning when Steve Martin goes to wash his face and they're like Dell's gross socks are soaking in the sink and then he dries his face off with these gig probably the biggest tidy whities I've ever seen. <laughs> imagine what those things smelled like after sitting in a fucking taxiola in a in a in an airplane with his big ass. But um you know, <sighs> I don't want to just keep going through like thing after thing, but the, the two of them just work so well together. And this, it just had so many, 
I guess just memorable lines in it. Uh, well, like, like the guy, another supporting character, uh, the guy that I posted on the, the, the header of the group. Um, I don't know that guy's name. He's been in a lot of stuff too, but he's like, he comes out and he's like, you know, snorting and stuff. And he makes his pregnant wife carry their luggage. He's, he's, his job is just to pick them up, to take them to a train station. But that famous line, Oh, she don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> and she's just like this poor lady having to pick up his trunk by herself and everything. And the dog in the back. It's, you know, silly. <laughs> I wonder if this was an improv line when, uh, what do you think the temperature is? One. <laughs> Wait, I think that was J- Candy said the one. Yeah, right in the back of that train. He tried to pick that glove up. And just, <laughs> he's like, just get he's like, give him the glove. And the dog barks right back. Or, get him the goddamn glove. And the bar- <laughs> dog barks back at him. <laughs> but that was pretty stupid with the dog's teeth showing. <laughs> um. Now, how shitty is it when a train would, that a train would make people walk with their own luggage across a pasture? <laughs> they wouldn't just like find a way to get the train running again. But uh, if that ever happened in real life, we'd see it on national news, I'm sure. But um, one, I I remember this is another one I had back on VHS and just watch over and over back in the day. And I remember at one point when I was a kid, um, when uh, you know, I mentioned what the the redheaded lady at the counter of the car rental place. But uh, I I wrote all of that down because if there was ever a time in a movie where somebody used <laughs> as much profanity as normal words in a in like a paragraph, I would try to write it down. Another one, it, it, it's not really profane moment, but back to John Hughes when uh, when um, uh, Clark Griswold in the Christmas Vacation gives that big rant about his boss. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember I remember writing that one down when I was a kid too. Well, I think the, I uh, thought it was funny. the car rental chick. They said it lasted exactly one minute, and Steve Martin said, or well, not just him, but the 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 character said uh, "fuck" eighteen times in one minute. <laughs> it was and they nuts. Said that when he read the script, um. And was deciding on whether to to uh, do the movie or not. There were two scenes and uh, that uh, chain that made him want to do it, and that was one of them. Well, do you know? Do you remember what the other one is? Uh, stay, when uh, John Candy stuck his hand up his ass. <laughs> I, I can find it in about two seconds because uh, it's just it's not like I'm really intelligent. I just no, I know. Okay. On, um, anyway, go ahead. I'll. I'll um, I've never seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before. That's the, another famous line. Um, John Hughes must have a thing for, I don't know if maybe his family owned one or something, but he loved wood-paneled cars, yes. apparently. And this, this is another one. I think it's a Chrysler they're driving in this one. Now, did he, and, did he do, um, he did, did John Hughes do Vacation? Yeah. That was okay. the, he, I don't know, he didn't direct it, but that was one he wrote. That one was based on, uh, I think, a short story he submitted to National Lampoons because he worked as, and I wonder if there's a little bit of himself in uh, in Steve Martin's character in this, but he worked as an ad man initially. Like he wrote he wrote ad copy, and that's where he got hooked in with uh, National Lampoons and started writing short stories for them and stuff. But I think Vacation was based on a story that he submitted to uh, National Lampoons. Um. I mean, it is called National Lampoon's Vacation, so I guess there is a tie there somewhere, right? Um, have you ever read National Lampoon's Magazine? I've never actually read it. Um, my friend Diane's uh, brother had one. 
uh, when we were little kids, and mm-hmm. we were down in her basement, and it, it, it was the first time I ever saw like uh, someone's bushy pubic hair and had a picture like it was some funny thing but it was this somebody with a really full thick 1970s bush because it was back in the 1970s so i i, I actually I, there's 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 a there's torrents out there of the old of, of like pdfs of the old mm-hmm. magazine from the 70s you can find so different years tip matheson I, and somebody ended up buying it the guy that played otter Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with that now. I mean, they they certainly put out some movies, you know, some really bad movies. Yeah, lately, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, the uh, <laughs> more more ball talk when he's talking. About, they start talking about what gets on each other's nerves about the other, and he's like, "Well," and J- John Candy says this story. He's like, "Well, you scratch your balls too much, or something." <laughs> And oh, there was actually. Uh, what did he say? You know what I'd like? Uh, yeah, he's like, you know what I would like, and and John Candy's like, a couple more balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> but there's a back to back to Dutch again. There was a there was a scene in that where they're at a cafe or at a like a diner, and Ed O'Neill's talking to what uh, Mary Mary Jo Beth or Williams or whatever her name. Is. What is her name? Jo Beth Williams. Joey Beth went, wow, Mary Joe, Jesus. Um, Mary he's Joe talking to her on the phone, and he's he's scratching his balls too. The uh, he's like, <laughs> the, the but, uh, um, car seat adjustment scene they said was the other one, other than the F word scene that convinced okay. Steve Martin to do it. You're gonna break yeah, it. You're, you're gonna break it. Quit fooling with it. Selling my dad. Seems a little ridiculous. Um. Yeah, there's some there's some silly slapsticky stuff in it, like the uh, like well, I was the, the frozen dog was pretty silly, and the the fingerprints in the dash when <laughs> or like that was it was actually pretty funny when they their lives are flashing before their eyes, and the you see Steve Martin as a skeleton with a gray wig, and then and the uh, John Candy looks like the devil laughing. Oh my but, god! Um, well, Candy's fucking playing the goddamn. Piano the, the keyboard, the, the, the piano on the dash, and eating, eating. What was he? He was eating something. I can't remember. I tried to get his coat off and shit. But the the uh, the the part I thought that was so fucking brilliant. Even the first time I saw this, when they went between those two fucking tractor trailers, the whole Steve Martin's uh, near death experience because they kept flashing yeah. back and forth, and you saw like. Uh, Candy, of course, is the devil, which you said. Yeah. But then doesn't Steve Martin's head turn into like a skeleton or something? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just saying. He has a skeleton with, and, with gray hair with a gray wig. I'm trying to think what there was. But but the uh, the one thing I liked was um, my friends and I laughed about this a million times was because uh, I could see this happening. You know, you're driving down the road, the guy in the passenger seat fucking falls asleep, you start dozing off, and then it's like. Uh, the car beside him, he's like, roll down your window. And and you're totally fucking in that confusion, especially <laughs> Steve Martin, who's coming just straight out of a, a deep sleep. And he goes, they're going, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. And and Steve Martin goes, they're crazy. Uh, how the fuck do they know which way we're going? <laughs> well, and it made sense to him because he was, you know. And then John Candy's like, all right, boom. And there's a little drinky <laughs> sign. <laughs> Uh, oh my stuff. god, that was funny. Um, the uh, the I, I I think I think uh, 
uh, Hughes must have also, besides the wood paneling, I think he might have just liked, you know, like Fulci had eyeball trauma. <laughs> John Hughes must just hate crappy cars because he fucking destroys, yeah. not even crappy cars, but he destroys cars in so many of his damn movies. It looks like a fucking K-car station wagon or something. I know I it, it wasn't was, a real car like they, you know. Well, it looked like a Chrysler or something. Yeah, I don't know they, what model they, it was. The, but the, I read some of them where like, they put wood paneling. They didn't make that car with wood. It was like a LeBaron. Yeah, they, yeah, they they kind of made it look shitty. It's like the one in in Vacation. There was no car made that looked like that. Fucking the family truckster. Yeah, family trucks. <laughs> when the when uh, uh, Squiggy was it Lenny or Squiggy that pulls them over? Uh, Michael McKean. Michael. Uh, yeah, Lenny he, pulls them over and <laughs> he's like, "You know how fast you were going?" He's like, "I'm actually I don't." <laughs> or, or you know, their 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 gauge and is just off. like a little. Cameo out of the blue. Yeah, another one. Um, he must have had a lot of friends, but the uh, the I love that because. amazing shot. And it, it uh, with with the outside of the car shot, it's panning around. I guess it was off a trailer with probably with a fucking crane or something. But um, it's it starts off at the front of the in it, of the car and it pans around. You see this destroyed car. The, the wood paneling is like flapping in the breeze. The wheels are wobbling. <laughs> the top is completely melted off. I, I just I love that shot. I thought it was really good. But um, and then that's really it. It's it's this the two of them working on this odd relationship that they formed out of necessity, um, trying to just make it back to Chicago because you know they get of course just like in Dutch they get their money stolen too, and um, so they have to make it one way or another. They can't just buy a ticket. Um, plus Chicago is closed and blah blah blah. So, um. But I, I don't want to keep just talking about scenes in the movie. What do, what, what do you have to say about it? I just, I mean, it's one of those movies that I think that um, I saw so much and so many times that I'm glad that I kind of put it away for a while and hadn't watched it in a long time. Yeah. Because watching it the other day and even just us talking about it right now and remembering the stuff, I'm I, it just makes me laugh. John Candy was, I mean... It's he's another one that you know just too young. You look at yeah. like uh, him and fucking stripes and then this and then Uncle Buck. The guy knew how to, like you said, uh, he plays the big guy that he's he's funny in in a way, but you kind of he has that vulnerability that mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that, and that's what I think. Like Neil in this. Um, he would. It's like when when you travel with somebody or you're around somebody too much, and you those those tiny little things just build up and build up that get on your nerves. Yeah. And then you just fucking explode, but then you feel like total shit, especially when you hurt somebody's feelings. You know, like that. And and that happens to Neil a couple times. Um, there were a few times where I think that he thought that Dewey or not was not Dewey Oxenberger. <laughs> that was from Stripes. <laughs> he thought Dell was was um, actually uh, like he the one time he thought he fucking stole his wallet or something. And you know, Dell is just the guy that you know he would never. It, he really takes that to heart. He's like, you know, I'm not a thief, and I would never do that. He's really a good guy. I mean, deep yeah. down, he just he just has these annoying fucking habits. Plus, um, and he and he tells uh, Neil Page this, you know, that he's just a tight ass. I mean, he just really is. But I mean, the thing is, it's it, it, Neil is in that situation where he wants to get back with his family. 
uh, and and you know this is the one time of the year Thanksgiving only comes around one time. But this is another one where it could have been you know the movie could have been Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that just adds on top of it, on top of it, on top of it. Whereas like you know like with me right now, I was, I'd be like you know eh, fuck it you know hell you just eat turkey tomorrow or something you know it's no big deal. Um, but you know I don't think I've ever seen. I was looking through John Candy's filmography. I don't think I've ever seen Volunteers with Tom Hanks. Yeah, Is it not good? Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. I've seen it one time, and I was not hmm. impressed. Hmm. Um, but I think that I, I liked. Um, they they really played well off of each other, and I could see like if John Candy would have lived. I could see them, especially nowadays, where they want to recapture something or have like a uh, – I don't know if they would have done a sequel, but more like have those two work together again because yeah, yeah, they yeah. really work well together. Um, <laughs> the the part where uh, – what's his face? Uh, what's his face? He, he says um, – about renting the car and uh, and and then it even gets down to the point where Steve Martin gets so pissed that he fucking punches John Candy in the stomach. They're like standing out there <laughs> laughing, and then the fucking car is just fucking just going up in fucking flames and shit. But um, the the part where he's he thinks you know again after like five it's like. Whatever could go wrong goes wrong, and he's like, "Boy, you're gonna fucking." He goes, "What are you laughing at?" And he goes, "Oh, he goes, man, their car car rental company's gonna love you." Da, da, da. And then he realizes <laughs> it just dawns on him what actually has happened, and he goes, and he, "That's when he, you know, he he's like, uh, accuses him of of kind of uh, being a." a, a or thief or whatever, yeah, and John yeah. Candy still is just like, you know, I'm not a well and. He, just being a nice guy doesn't work out for him because even being a nice guy, he's like, I, I, I try to put put it back, and you know, where is no? Well, it's in the glove compartment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but there's so many things. There, there. This movie is just full of iconic fucking scenes. Yeah. Uh, you've already said the guy, you know, with the the fucking stopped up nose that stops to pick him up, and he's spitting that chew <laughs> in the back of juice and. Uh, oh, and he and he wipes that slobber off his mouth uh, and immediately shakes Steve Martin's head. But um, I I I really think Candy too captured that. Um, you know the I, I don't know if that's a door to door salesman, but that salesman kind of a thing where that the reason he's good at what he does is because he's a people person. He because of the job he has. Um, which is just going from state to state probably. He's got a list of clients that he's become close to, and he can't be the kind of – he wouldn't be successful at his job uh, being the way Steve Martin is because he has to be up. He has to be positive. He has to stay. He can't let things get to him. I mean I did a fucking – a few sales jobs like that, and I didn't sell shower curtain rings, but I I couldn't (laughs) – I sucked at it because I would let it get to me. I would take it personally, you know, and he's, but he's the kind of guy that's like water off a duck's back and he's the glass half full and Steve Martin's the glass half empty, but yeah. it would just, it fucking works so well. And th- I mean, this thing is a classic. It's like, it's like it's, it's, it, their relationship was kind of like an odd couple type thing. I'm surprised where... that it's rated R. 
it, it's for the it's for the fucks. You can't say more yeah. than one fuck in a movie without. But honestly, God, even I mean, now maybe it's just me and how I think or whatever. But I I would watch, well, especially considering that was 1987 with the with the f words, and but today in 2013, hell, I'd watch this. I'd have watched this with my niece and nephew yeah. when they were younger. There's other than that, there's not that much. I mean, they say the balls, the ball thing, and um, the nuts or balls or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but there's not like any real sexual or anything. Of, I mean, no. there's violence, but it's done in a funny fucking way. Yeah, I like when that guy punches Steve Martin in the face, and his eyes just like roll up, and it's all like a slot machine. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that's about all I have. Like you said, uh, we could we could go through every, every fucking scene in this, even including the end, which works so fucking well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, I think, in the movie Dutch, it kind of goes through the same. Da, 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 Two got two people that are polar opposites. They're traveling together, and then the, the ending—it's very similar. Yeah, it's a, it's a very it's it's it, well, and and Dutch is certainly the lesser version of these two yeah. sorts of road movies, but they have a similar kind of structure, definitely. But, yeah. um, let's get at our ratings. This one, so my first ten ever on the show was was um, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I, and I guess since they're both comedies, I'll compare the two. So this is not a ten for me, but this is a nine point two five. Um, I like this one a lot, but I do like Bill Murray more. So if I have to compare the two, oh, is that how you read it? Just by that, like yeah, in the in the world of my comedies, Groundhog Day but, is still still, I said, still Groundhog Day. And and you're more than welcome to score it however you want. Tell me what's wrong with this movie. I don't like it as much as Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Because <laughs> Bill Murray works better for me than the, yeah. than uh, than Steve Martin. Well, I, and you know what? I work with a guy who fucking despises Steve Martin, and he actually said, "He goes, you really like Steve Martin." I'm like, I, I grew up listening to Steve Martin albums. My dad yeah. hated Steve Martin's guts. Why? I he would he forbid me. To listen to Steve Martin, he hated Steve Martin. He hated Weird. wrestling. He hated comic books. Pretty much hated everything that, that you liked. That I liked in my life, unless it was something he unless it was something that he liked. That he hated. So, uh, I will say this: uh, I like Steve Martin. I've always liked Steve Martin. I love the many different character actors or even famous people that they that they just throw in there. Yeah. Um this is a fucking uh goddamn classic to me. Uh, IMDB they have a rating as a seven point five, which I think is a fucking abortion of a rating. <laughs> I it's a ten. I can't think of any fucking thing wrong with it. Uh, nice. And I, I have watched it a million times. Plus, watching a comedy, some of them you watch it, and then once you know uh, where the what's going to happen, and once you know the funny stuff, it just loses it. And you might watch it again, and it's never quite as never quite as funny. This one still had me laughing my ass off yesterday. I I, I laugh at different things now than I did when I was younger, and it's 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 with these with both of these movies, it's 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 cool like that. I've been able to enjoy them on a comedic level from when I was 
well, this movie came out in 87, so I probably saw it the first time when I was like 13, um, and then Dutch when I was 15. So I would say this movie is like a Rolls Royce of comedy, and Dutch would be like the Reliant K car of comedy. <laughs> it was reliable, and it got you where you wanted to go, but just, you know. It's not for me. It wasn't like a. It's not a. And our podcast is the Yugo of cars. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember when the Yugos came out, and this of course was when we were younger, and we were going to the beach with my mom and dad, and uh, riding in the car, and all you saw all the way from West Virginia through Virginia, North Carolina, and into South Carolina were these little Yugos broken down along the road, all <laughs> yeah. over the place. I used to notice that a lot going to the beach here. There would be so many broken down cars, but on the on the eastern side of the state for some reason. We need high speed rail. Yeah, for real. All right, let's take a break. We'll do a little feed sack and wrap things up. We'll be right back. <laughs> During this podcast, <laughs> I'll see you changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. <laughs> In here, there is only one action movie being reviewed, but I guess that's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can record and you can listen, everybody can be entertained! Yo, Adrian! Action Attraction, your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. That's loud. Ah! Here in my car, I feel safest of all. I can lock all my doors, and this the only way to live in cars. All right, feed sack. That was Gronky's choice. I was just going to say I hate shitty covers of songs, but I think that was Gary Newman singing in that, so maybe he's all right with it. Did that, didn't that sound like him? It would have been better if it had been Paul. <laughs> Paul Newman? Hey, he can make fucking salad dressing. He can make that shit sound good. God, his salsa is so fucking good, man. I love Paul Newman. Uh, we should do some Paul Newman movies. Awesome, dude. Just a All guy right. who drank beer and liked to fucking drive cars and smoke cigarettes and hang out with Bob Redford. Communist. Man, Wait, what? Oh, his wife was just so awesome, too. All right, feed sack. You ready for the feed sack? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? We did not get any karaoke entries. Jack offs. We need to just wrap this up. I think it's it's fading out. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think Paul's even going to send us one this time. Yeah, a bunch of jerks. Um. All right. So Are we talking about Jake again. Yeah. Jerks. 
My little black dog was looking at me this morning. I had the urge to kill Jake after. You know, I wish that Jake would send one in. I mean, because he's not like, what else is he doing? He's not making a podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Jake, Lebrun. Jake, 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 Jake. Le, Lebrun sent us a, 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 an email. Says, Le, um, Lebrun. Okay. He says, um, he desperate for feedback and I'm desperate for love. Dr. Zom, I've always wondered where your moniker came from. Are you, are you a real doctor or not like Dr. Phil and loaf? Are you a real baker? Also first day of my dark Christmas advent calendar film festival, been making films for the past few weeks and one to be released each day. So if you fancy go on over to www.filmulate F I L M U L A T E dot com for some festive fun. All films are thirty seconds to a few minutes. Ta 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 tas and lots of hugs. Le Brin. So Zom, I don't know if we've ever said it on the show. If you would like to say where the name Doctor Zom came from, um, I am a doctor. Sweet. Um, that's uh, it. Hypnotherapy, <laughs> uh, hydrotherapy. Something to do with poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I'm not a baker. Well, I did. I, I baked. I baked a cheesecake. No, the, mm. the name. My name came from. Um, I, I think I've probably told this one on the show, but uh, pickle loaf is this fucking gross bologna lunch meat. It's square. <laughs> it's never. It's hardly ever round. Well, it might be round too. It's basically bologna with chunks of pickles in it. <laughs> And um, so when I first made uh, an uh, America Online account back in like 1993, um, I wanted to, I thought it would be funny to have a name of like a, of something gross or something like that, a silly It would be apropos. Name. So I wanted to call myself spam at AOL.com, not knowing at the time that spam, I didn't understand why it was taken. I didn't know because I didn't have never I had never used email at the time, but uh, I didn't know that spam was a was junk email. I don't know that it was called that, but anyway, either way, it was taken, and I was pissed and really had my mind my my fifteen year old mind, sixteen year old mind set on a lunch meat at this point. So pickle loaf was the next <laughs> the next grossest meat I could think of. Um, I also had the olive loaf at one time <laughs> <laughs> as an alternate screen name. So. Um, uh- I would um, mine. I've said it before. Dr. Jerry Graham uh, was a wrestler. He was the in a tag team with Eddie Graham, aka Eddie Gossett. They were like one of the big first real big uh, famous heel, blonde, arrogant asshole tag teams in that were big Madison Square Garden in New York. Um, he is Vince McMahon's uh, favorite wrestler when he was a kid. Uh, big fat. He got really big and fat. Um, uh, when his mother died, he was an alcoholic. When his mother died, he went to the hospital with a Bowie knife and a pistol. And <laughs> Cornette told her, that story. Uh, yeah. Cornette told that story. Grabbed her body, threw it over his shoulder, and took off down the road sobbing and crying. And then he found out later on that uh, all the money that she had in her bank account, she left to like the Baptist church. And so he was pissed off about that. But anyway, and uh, I think uh, the Funk, I can't remember if it, which, who it was, if it was uh, the Funks or somebody had to 
take Jerry Graham uh, somewhere, and he was obese at the time, so he uh, they had a U-Haul, uh, one of the little trailer things you hook to the back of your car, and they made him ride in that because he would shit his pants. Uh, he stayed at one of the wrestlers' houses at one time, uh, and he just like shit all, all over the their like uh, living room couch or. He was just really gross, and just I think he had mental problems. They said he was in like the 82nd Airborne in World War II, and uh, he lied about his age. He was only like 15 years old, and but who knows if that was even true because yeah. uh, he was just an alcoholic. But anyway, he when he first started wrestling, he one of his gimmicks was Doctor Zom, and uh, just like in the movie with Henry Winkler, uh, the one and only, one of his. Uh, uh, gimmicks when he before he became the gorgeous George like guy at the end was uh, a, as a hypnotist and he would hypnotize his opponents when the ref had his back turned he would like with his fingers and look in his eyes and the guy would just fall down on his back and he would <laughs> climb on top and pin him so that's where Dr. Zom came from nice. and Z-O-M kind of some letters in my name yeah alright and I shit of... my pants while I'm sitting here throughout the whole show alright we're almost done. We're almost done. You can make it. Feed that. Hey. Uh, see we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's the rest of the world. Uh, you might be wondering uh, why I'm granny, you know? That's because I'm working out. What's that call you today? Yeah. I'm doing sit-ups at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Feel the burn, man. Feel the burn. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been Thanksgiving. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so, you know, uh, after indulging, uh, I feel like, you know, you know what, I gotta stop doing sit ups a bit. You know, it's, it's hard to talk and work out, you know. <coughs> you know, messes with my throat. Yeah, so. It's been Thanksgiving, you know, everyone's been eating their pumpkin pie, that turkey, you know, that shit, you know. And like me, you people, you should be working out, you know, I was just doing my sit-ups, you know. That's not all I'd be doing, you know, that's the end of a 20-hour fucking stretch of working out, you know. <laughs> now, you don't need to uh, go all out like I can. If you can, that's fucking great, you know. But you should probably start yourself easy, you know. Maybe, you know... Start off like doing five hours, sorry, you know. I can guarantee you, even doing five hours workout a day will increase your health benefits and you'll be feeling results, you know, pretty soon, you know. But, you know, there's something else people have got to give thanks for this Thanksgiving, yeah. My new movie that I wrote called Homefront, starring my pal Jason Statham. You know, it's the greatest Jason Statham action movie of all time, yeah. This guy, he's like got his family, he moves, he's got trouble. He's a motherfucking scumbag, you know? Yeah, it's fucking great, you know? And it was originally going to be a movie starring me, you know? But, you know, I, I thought, you know, why not let Jason, you know? Take it on, you know? He needs to have that boost, you know? He's been in my Expendables movies. It's time for him to... You know, let loose and do his own thing, you know. Try and become as almost as big an action star as me, you know. What's the best way to do that? Getting me to write the script. 
So yeah, I hope everyone's been to see that this this weekend and loving it. You know, yeah, I was, I'm pretty I was there, sure Low Fazine and Zob and they both giving it ten out of ten. The greatest Jason Statham movie, action <laughs> movie of all time. Yeah, good times. Keep on working out. You know, keep on doing. It. Push yourself to the limit. Oh, oh. What would we do without Sly? Uh, finish up sooner. Oh, that's true. Next feed sack. <laughs> that's great. Hey, dorks. Uh, this is your uh, <laughs> listener, Dave, from Texas. Um, I just wanted to, to call in and tell y'all how much I enjoyed your uh, the uh, Red Braid Mercenaries episode. I mean, that's totally my wheelhouse. And, yeah. And, uh, he was a mercenary. Obviously, the wild geese is just, uh, you know, I mean... <laughs> beyond the pale favorite of mine but uh, <laughs> it was just wonderful to hear you guys uh you know talk about that kind of stuff and everything but i was also going to say that um much like the mate one episode or um 13th platoon which is uh or um or you know Brokeback mountain for 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 that matter um <sighs> those really all stretch out and and uh you know kind of either talk about history or just kind of uh oh i don't know you know tacos uh, it, <laughs> I'm babbling here, but uh, where y'all kind of y- y'all stretch it a bit are always my favorites, and uh, y'all are two real smart, super plenty dudes, and uh, mm. that's the reason I come back every week, and and uh, you know um, hope that uh, well, I mean I'll be here regardless, but but uh, but it's I, I sure do love episodes like uh, like last week's and and the and, and some of the others, uh, but uh, I was going to say also. Um, that uh, on the uh, Red Beret mercenary tip, that uh, um, old Lewis Collins died. The uh, mm-hmm. our, uh, well, a, a pretty pretty cool action star, a British action star that that uh, should have been James Bond at some point. Final countdown. But uh, anyway, that's a suggestion for an episode. Maybe Who Dares Wins. Um, uh, that's on Netflix instant, as far as I can remember right now. Um, and uh, or and you know the. He wears a red beret and stomps around in Thailand and Africa and a whole bunch of mercenary movies. So, uh, too soon? Uh, I think not. Anyway, um, I just want to tell you I love your show, and thanks a bunch. And uh, y'all take it easy. Bye. I, I fucked up during that that uh, voicemail because um, I said final countdown, and I was thinking the final option, which is an AKA for... Um, I believe, I think, isn't it? Yes, Lewis Collins. Yep, yep. the final option from '82. There you go. What you gonna do? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen, even seen Lewis Collins before. If he's like one of your favorites, kind of like uh, uh, Perret, <laughs> we might have to do one just for him, just to so I could see a couple of movies of his, because I don't think I've seen anything with him. Hmm. Uh. I figured that. We'll figure it out. Cool. Thank you, Dave. They're very, very, maybe too nice of you. <laughs> Wait a minute. He called us dorks. Oh, right. Fuck you. Um, oh, yeah. He was in Codename Wild Geese. With, oh, my God. That is fucking. Yeah, that's the one. That's that's funny. With Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, the one you talked about, and Klaus Kinski. Yep. The, the, the third Wild Geese movie. Okay, um, so next week on the show, thank you everybody for sending in feedback. I always skip to that. Um, you can always send us feedback, feed sacks to 206-339-1600. Send your um, 
karaoke contest. We're only doing it maybe a week or two more. So, Manga, uh, it's this cost. 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, find us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher. Find us on uh, our website, silverandgold.com. And thanks again to Josh for helping clean that fucking travesty up. Yeah, that's very nice of him. I think we're finally finally in the clear. So I think we finally got rid of all the the, clear. the spam. Um the and I, I had mentioned I was trying to get the show on YouTube. I don't know if that's going to work. No, not video, just the audio, but with having a new account on there, they won't let me upload long files at once. So I'd, I'd, I'd have to figure something else out. But anyway. Get on Netflix. So Next week on the show, we're finally doing Armin's German double feature, and these look like two heavy flicks. Uh, we're going to do what? Is Armin German? Armin is German. Yeah, uh, we're going to do the Free Will um, from 2006, or Der Freiwille. <laughs> I don't know if that was right. Sound and then uh, the Death Maker from 1995, or Der Tatmacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah th- that one's about a, uh, a the death maker's about a guy that kills children yay and the other one is a man recently released from a mental institution for multiple rape aka the doctor's what aka doctor's Zom parts one and two um, I'm gonna go buy a computer Zom man do you have anything else to add this week I am not gonna go buy a computer um, thank you, everybody, always for listening and feeding sacks and all that stuff. And um, well, until next week, this is Loaf Oot and Oot. My. <laughs> <laughs>